Hello out there, and welcome back to Table Talk, Discussion, and Discourse. I, as always, am your host, Alejo, a.k.a. Gradon95. I, as usually, am your second host, Aiden, a.k.a. Sneaky Adolf, lore master of useless things and sipper of seltzer. Mm. Um... And uh, Boo is not going to be here for a little while. Uh, he will be here uh, just wait a few hours. We'll, we'll see him he, in a few hours. He heard we were doing spooky things, and <laughs> much like the coward that that ghost is, <laughs> uh, he decided he had better places to be, like work. Right, exactly. What a, what a guy. Um, so today, yes, we are doing more spooky kind of things because the spook times are here, everyone. They're among no, not, us. Not, not till next month, but... The, what when this goes up, they are here. They are among us. Uh, they, they always were. They always are. Yeah, it's true. Um, so in uh, a bit of a celebration, uh, we're going to be covering some more spooky type things. Um, these next few episodes. Spooky. Spoo. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know about that. Um, so no, no notices your bulging carotid artery. <laughs> ooh, 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 what's this? Well, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. um, it's it's kind of a segue in a way because we're going to start by talking about uh, Vampire: The Masquerade. The um, tabletop game that uh, pre- preceded the uh, hit video game series. Um, uh, is it? Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doubting it preceded it, but Vampire, the game kind of falls apart at the seams. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is pretty widely like liked. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a good game, yeah. but. Um, I haven't played any other ones because they they consist of VNs um, and some other more janky looking ones that are from older things. But I want to, just to see. Not the VN ones, honestly. I I can't get into that right now. Um, It's not a true series until it has, like, multiple gotchas, like Fate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but and uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two is supposed to come out next year. Now it was supposed it to come out this year. Unfortunately, it will not. But um, so spooky times. Spooky. Um, so from my, I'll admit more limited knowledge than I'd like because I honestly wanted to play uh, Vampire a while for a while. Um. It is a continuation of the World of Darkness, um, which was a, which is the setting, right? Um, where it's modern day and vampires and werewolves and mummies and all that kind of stuff exist, right? But uh, in in present day, and they do their things in the shadows. Uh, which this is a bit of a tangent, but. Hmm. Uh, I've been watching some uh, Vampire Masquerade uh, gameplay, mm-hmm. 
um, of the video game, not of the TTRPG, because truth be told, outside of five minutes ago, I was not aware it was a TTRPG. Mm -hmm. um, but boy, oh boy, is the entirety of the masquerade, like, really bad. Like, oh my god, can you just, like, go around and do nearly whatever you want as a mm -hmm. vampire in the masquerade? It's like, yeah, no, it's fine. People mm -hmm. won't find out. It's like, how stupid are these people? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, I asked some guy for change the other day, and then uh, then I woke up five minutes later, and I was super anemic. Oh, hey, wow, me too. Oh, hey, wow, me as well. <laughs> hey, guys, did you know that over 15 gallons of blood have gone missing from this one blood bank mm -hmm, in the past mm -hmm. three months? Oh, wow, <laughs> ain't that a coinky dink? I mean, yeah, obviously, with the with the video game, it's a little, little more uh, loose- I would say. You can make literally anyone a thrall, and it's oh, just yeah. like... The amount of stupid people it takes posting one message on social media, yep. yeah. and the entirety of the masquerade being blown open because some stupid thrall who didn't know better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... Yep, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the that... suspension of disbelief, and I... then there's like Captain America holding the <laughs> helicopter from taking off. <laughs> hey, I mean that's not as bad. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me actually. I wanted Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Uh, release. Cause I, that is actually a, good in a time before widespread yep, uh, social media 2004. and telephones. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's why <laughs> I, I wonder if they'll do that in the, in the new game. Um, that'd be actually really it, interesting. So vampire the masquerade, but it's more watchdogs. Uh, just at least acknowledges it and will like figure out a way to incorporate it in a good way. You know, cause yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest, Watch Dogs, it's fine, but I don't know. I don't know if I want more of it. <laughs> Debatable. Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so <laughs> let us get to the video. Get in here, you son of a bitch. All right, watch together. That's a site we use. That is a site we use frequently. Uh, hold on, let me go to the table um, talk so Discord server. This is uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5e, because there were four things before this or something. I don't remember. Um, not four, sorry, three, I think. Um, and uh, uh, V5, Feed Upon the Best Vampire RPGs Ever, RPG... Uh, I can't see the full title on this. But this is uh, brought to us by Dave Thaumavor. That is the name. That's a vampire name in and of itself. Right? Um, so, let me just pull this over here. This was made... Oh, this was made in 2020. Hey. There we go. More recent. So, so does Vampire the Masquerade use, like, the D10-based system or something? I think it uses D6s. Like... I'm not entirely sure. Um, well... I see the entirety of the dice that are there on the thumbnail are all D10s. Oh, I don't have the thumbnail for myself, so... Um, but maybe. I, I know they. I know there's a dice pool that is definitely a part of it. Um, 
I, I honestly, I, I read like the first two pages of third edition. <laughs> uh, so I don't know much. I think it was third edition. Um, I don't know much, but uh, I am excited to learn. And let us uh, let us begin. Let's add another RPG to add to my to buy list. Mm-hmm. Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition, or V5, is an RPG published by White Wolf in 2018, set in the World of Darkness mega setting, and distributed by Modifius. It continues the long line of Vampire the Masquerade games that started in 1991 with Mark Rainhagen. The core book is 431 pages and contains everything needed to run a game. In fact, about a quarter of the book explains exactly how to run a game of Vampire. I'm going to try and brief you. Before, it seems to be a theme now that, um, or at least for things that aren't D&D, that they have a core rulebook that has all the rules in it. Yeah, which I something really, I heavily support. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to say, I really, really like that. And I hope, I hope that one day, I mean, no, D&D will never do it because they, they'll, they'll never do it. <laughs> because money. Yeah, and they know people will buy it, so... Well, in in fairness, though, the five E core rulebook has, or the player's handbook has, literally all you need. The dungeon master's guide isn't necessary. The... Yeah, the only thing that I would say is it doesn't have monsters. Really, it has. Um... Uh, neither neither does Pathfinder. I thought it did. I thought it had a few monsters mm -hmm. in it. I am literally looking at my core rulebook right next to my bestiary. Oh well, hush my mouth. Okay. <laughs> on everything that has happened with the game Vampire the Masquerade, but I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible because if you've already been following the saga over the years, it can be a bit redundant. I highly suggest the 2017 documentary World of Darkness, which is available on Amazon Prime Video. You mean the 2018 documentary? Yeah, it might have been released onto Amazon 2018. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. So, here goes. In 1991, Mark Ryan Hagen flipped the script of the RPG world and allowed players to play as the monsters, specifically vampires. It was created under the fledgling company White Wolf and set in the wider so-called World of Darkness setting that would later include Werewolf, the Apocalypse, and Mage, the Ascension. The game exploded in popularity and a subculture of vampire LARPing blossomed through the 1990s, but- That's right. Yeah, so if if anybody who's like even familiar with vampire beforehand um, isn't familiar with the ttrpg itself the the larping was a big thing like people people really like i remember hearing stories uh from some videos about people that would go to these kind of conventions or not conve these larping things and like i remember one story in particular where this guy went and he saw this one other guy who's just standing on a car and um <laughs> And he was, he found out that the guy was using Obscuro or whatever it is, which is one of the vampire powers you can get, which makes you mm -hmm. invisible as long as you stay in place. And he stood there for uh... like 10 hours. Jeez. Or <laughs> something ridiculous. But yeah, that, I remember, that's just stuck into my mind that <laughs> reminds me of, hey, the LARP was a thing. And also some people took it really seriously. <laughs> Just like any kind of LARP thing, I guess. <laughs> I was gonna say like most LARP. <laughs> Which is there, cool. there is sort of a, there is a, a base entry level of like 
how seriously am I going to take this hobby? Yeah, yeah. And when you reach the level of dressing up and going out to meet things, that is already like a uh, a devotion floor that is higher than most other hobbies devotion ceilings. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And like, man, I... like, hey, more more power to them. Like, yeah. Oh no, I I, I, have, want, have I want have fun to do it. Yeah. Just, I, I... just don't do it now because you should be isolated. Yes, please isolate but, yourself. Um... Oh my god. <laughs> But, you know, I, I do want to try LARPing at some point when I'm, you know, later on, just because it would be fun. I don't know. Be neat. <laughs> As sales began to decline, White Wolf released an edition in 2004 called Vampire Requiem, which didn't resurrect early successes. Also around this time, they sued an international vampire fan club called Camarilla for mm -hmm. infringement, as well as Sony for Underworld, which made them look bad. Then in 2006, White Wolf sold itself to CCP, the creators of EVE Online. CCP promised fans a vampire MMO. It even released a much celebrated 20th anniversary edition of Vampire in 2011, referred to as V20. But when CCP's EVE business began to dip, they canceled the MMO entirely. Then in 2015, Paradox Interactive, makers of a bunch of decent PC games you've probably never heard of, bought all the rights, reformed White Wolf as a business entity, and put out this fifth edition three years later in 2018. I picked up this book and sank my teeth in without any bias against the edition <laughs> or residual anger from its pre-release controversy and just read it as an RPG. What I found within the four corners of this book is what I'm going to share with you in this video. I would hope so, sir. <laughs> That's kind of the point of the video, but please. <laughs> Our world is set in the umbrella setting called World of Darkness, which encompasses all manner of dark and gothic monsters like vamps, werewolves, ghosts, ghouls, and the like, but you will only barely get a glimpse of anything other than vampires in this book. The world of vampire is our own world, the modern day, but with a secret history of vampires, or kindred, going all the way back to the dawn of human civilization. As the kindred lore puts it, there was Adam and Eve, and then there was Cain and Abel, and Cain begat three children who then had thirteen children, or childer, rather, and as Cain's punishment for killing his brother, God cursed these thirteen childer with vampirism. Each of these thirteen then gave rise to a different clan of vampires. So, before we go too far, there's actually uh, somebody who corrected some of this in the comments that I found. Um, mm -hmm. He says, <clears throat> for this timecode, uh, um, no, and this is from Nerdbert uh, in the comments section of this video. Um, he says, eh, no, Cain was cursed by God with eternal life in darkness. Uh, Cain learned how to embrace others and inflict the curse upon them to not suffer the loneliness. The second generation of vampires had 13 childer, which slaughtered their sires eventually and were cursed by Cain with their clan bearers, uh, banes. So that's, that's, that's the little... Yeah, but why call them childer? Uh, I don't know. They have some stranger terminology, but I guess that just adds to the uniqueness. I don't know. It's yeah, just... yeah, I guess. Like, but like, see, kindred makes sense because mm -hmm. yeah. it, it it is a word. Childer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but let's see. Childer. Chiefly dialectal plural of child. Huh. So it's like children. Oh, okay. So it's an older. Uh, Weird. it's from it's from Ireland. All right, you know what? I redact my point. That's pretty cool. That is neat. Yeah, 
Bring it back. Bring old worlds. Wor worlds? Words. <laughs> Bring them back. Naturally, they fought against each other and against humans for centuries and established a code of conduct that included the number one rule, hide thyself from mortals. This code was known as the masquerade. Now let me fast forward to the present day as presented in this book. There are now 16 generations of kindred, and interestingly, the first through ninth generations are not playable out of this core rulebook. As far as clans, only seven of the 13 are still viable and thus available for players. The clans all fall into one sect or another, or they're independent. Two sects come up a lot in this book, and they are the Camarilla and the Anarchs. So before we go far again, uh, a second correction. Um, clans, and this is, uh, again, I have no authority on this, so I don't know, but I'm going to trust this person who wrote this comment because they seem well-informed. Um, please do correct my correction with his correction uh, in the comments below, if this is wrong. Says, <clears throat> quote, clans don't fall into sects. Uh, there are clans and sects. Uh, clans are determined by your blood, sects by your socio-political standing. Uh, each clan can theoretically be present in any sect, uh, yet there are preferences, stereotypes, and resentments that result in a preference and a nominal membership in the Camarilla. Okay, so it's more or less a guild. Yes, in a way. With uh, some uh, speaking. bad blood between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Camarilla tries to uphold the masquerade and continue to assert dominance over humans and other kindred from the shadows. Oh. While the Anarchs want to both destroy the Camarilla and sense. openly rule over mortals. There is also the Sabbat floating around that also yeah. opposes Camarilla ideology. Yeah. Okay. As I far thought, as clans you can't play. Yeah, because the Sabbat is the, the clan that attacks you or in, that in attacks bloodlines? The, the meeting in Bloodlines. Yes. Yeah. I would have figured it would be part of the Anarchs, but uh, nah, I mean, you know, you're I'm always like going to have fringe groups yeah, and shit. You have uh, the wild card. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's just like, hey, let's have the thing that both of us can go against, because they're just not like either of us. Sombra and Zemisi have fallen to the Sabbat, Giovanni and Ravnos, driven nearly to extinction, hmm. and the Banu Hakim and Setite Ministry have fallen into a limbo of war and were independent anyways. Okay, so final correction from this man. Um, Laz Lazombra joined the Camarilla, Chicago by night. Uh, Zim Zimish? I don't remember. Zimisi. Zimisi are not yet discussed, but will most likely focus around a faction called the Old Clan Zimisi in the future. Uh, Giovanni are not extinct. They are independent and formed the Hecata uh, with the remnants of other necromantic bloodlines. Ravnos and Salubri are nearly extinct. Uh, Banu Hakim and the Ashira join the ranks of the Camarilla and Ministry Setites uh, and rebranding. Uh, sorry, and are rebranding. And were rejected by the Camarilla and joined the ranks of the Anarchs. So, there you go, I guess. That's weird that <laughs> the Camarilla would just ban a whole branch. Yeah, um, there's probably some history behind that. 
Oh, I'm I'm sure there is. It's yeah. like speculating at 40k lore, knowing nothing about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very uh, very true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird that the humans wouldn't like the demi humans. I mean, they're humans after all. Not not in the eyes of the Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> Anarchs contain two playable clans: Bruja. Countercultural, progressive, mm -hmm. systemic anarchists, and gangrel, feral outcasts, wanderers, and hunters. And that leaves five clans under the sect of Camarilla. The Malkavians, deranged visionaries, oracles, and seers. Nosferatu, malformed and hideous spies and bottom dwellers, but usually with hearts of gold. The Toreador, sensualists, hedonists, and self-absorbed, twisted artists. The Tremere, Arcane outcasts, witches, and warlocks, yeah. and the Ventru, the leader caste, patricians of old lineage. Then there are the Caitiff, which are kindred without a clan, generally speaking. Each of these playable clans comes with three disciplines or types of vampiric power, and one bane, or core gameplay disadvantage. I thought a really cool feature of this book was the option of players to get a so-called lore sheet at player creation. There are 25 of these, some of which are limited oh. to certain clans. They each contain a snippet of setting lore and offer five levels of advantage to a player. These sheets really embody how the vampire uh, setting and history is infused with actual game hold mechanics. On. I want to go back and see what that lore is. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to go into it a little more. So. Ba -ba -ba -ba. You have uh, oral history, ravenous, ravenous remains. I was there! The Red Star and Blood of Z I don't know what uh bloodline this is for, but uh Oh, okay, so so the first one makes it so that you can add dice to your dice pool to tell a story for tests um in order to to relate some sort of uh history. Hmm. Uh dice Performance dice pools. You have three dots of mala. Yeah. So the little gameplay advantages. Yeah, yeah. Just to give you that little uh, additional thing for your background, I guess. I assume this is the the equivalent of a background, in a way, or something. Not really sure. But seems it. Which is any the fact that it like gives you advantages. I. Uh, I don't know if he said how you can get the better stuff, or if that's just like... Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to know that, but maybe you'll say it later. Also, as I recall, hmm. a snippet I'd heard about vampire lore was that the, um, the lower number generation you are, uh, the more powerful you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're, like, first generation, you are literally the one... And then, like, second, it gets uh, dilutes every generation. Yeah. But there's also, like, I think certain benefits that, uh, because, like, your strengths are lessened, but so are your weaknesses, I think. Mm, that would make sense, yeah. I think there's also, like, a, some generations that get, like, nothing <laughs> in terms of strengths, but all they have are weaknesses. <laughs> well, uh,. It might be, and again, this is I'm pulling from the game. Um, Thin bloods are th like were a thing, 
Um, mm-hmm. It might be that because they're not technically pure enough to gain all that stuff. I think maybe I don't know. Um, again, speculation just from the from what I've played more so than played in this. So I don't know how the vampire setting and history is infused with actual game mechanics. The beating heart of the mechanics in Vampire is the D10 dice pool. Okay. Almost everything about your character, the core attributes, skills, disciplines, and advantages and flaws are all rated 0 to 5, and those represent the number of D10s you can throw on a check involving that item. Oh. If the roll comes up a 1 through 5, that is a failure. If the roll is a 6 through 10, that is a success. If you happen to get two 10s on a single throw... Hold on, I want to see. 6 10 success... Each pair, potential critical in each pair is worth four successes. Right. So, okay. so they, so they double the pairs. That's weird. So, it if you can only have like a one d ten that you can roll on something, you're like there's a fifty percent chance of failure. Right. Yeah. But you can succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll never get a crit. Yeah. Okay. I I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. That and seems then, like, fair enough. If you have like three or four as your rating, then yeah, you're you the most likely going to succeed. Yeah. 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 That is counted as a critical success, which generates two extra successes for that check. The number of successes you need to win a test depends on the situation, right, but generally ranges from one success for something dead simple to seven or more successes for something Oh, awful. that makes sense, if yeah. If you throw more successes okay. than what is called for, this additional margin of success can count towards damage in combat or an advantage hey. in other contests. Cool. When you take damage, it is either health points or it is damage to one's willpower pool. Furthermore, it can either be superficial damage or aggravated damage. Yeah. Superficial damage to a vampire counts kind of like a half point of damage, and is something like a bullet wound, a stab with metal, being hit with a car, or anything less severe. <laughs> Aggravated damage for a vampire includes sunlight, a bite or claw from a supernatural entity, a wooden stake to the heart, fire, and a few other things. Okay. Once your kindred character loses enough health points, they enter what is called a torpor, or sleep state that renders them completely vulnerable to further damage and can lead to final death. Recovering health and willpower points naturally is relatively slow and difficult. Recovering them quickly risks taking on hunger. Mm. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. So you can, like, funnel in some of your blood to heal you. That's cool. Yeah, and that's actually a thing that I've that is represented in the game as well, because yeah. Yeah. Um, you have that blood pool that you that you have to, to use for things, for your powers. Um, yeah, yeah, but as I recall, doesn't that blood pool like automatically refill superficial health? Uh, if you have high enough, yes, it can. Um, in the game, okay. yes. But there's also a skill and called blood heal. I do know there is. Okay, I do know there is also one difference that they've already touched on between uh, a snippet of lore I heard about mm-hmm. uh, in the game, and that's I think. <sighs> jack was the name of the guy Mm -hmm. uh he says that uh a stake in the heart won't kill a vampire it only paralyzes them yeah um and i assume they say that that's now aggravated damage which i I mean to me makes a bit more sense i i feel like it might still be aggravated damage but it might also paralyze 
Um, we, uh, you know what? Steak. Oh, mate. Or maybe, like, it instantly puts you in torpor, but cannot outright kill or something. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine, I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Come on, Reddit, open up. There you go. Um, a kindred in, uh, this is in V20, so this might be, uh, out of date, but from V20, uh, page 280, a kindred impaled through the heart with a wooden stake is not destroyed, but merely paralyzed until the stake is removed. To stake a vampire, an attacker must target the heart, difficulty 9, if the attack oh. succeeds the uh, and inflicts at least three health levels of damage, the target is immobilized. An immobilized victim is conscious and may use perception powers such as those in the auspex discipline but may not move or spend blood points okay yeah so might be out of date but at least we have more of an idea the mechanics get a little more complicated with hunger dice there is a point pool with five slots at the bottom of the character sheet called hunger there are a number of ways to pick up hunger points including using a discipline mending damage and even the act of waking up for the night. But hunger points are bad for you, and here's why. There are a few Get exceptions, hungry. but for every hunger point, when you have to roll a pool of dice, you replace one die with a hunger die for each hunger point that you have. Mm. The hunger dice act as regular dice for the most part, except if a hunger die comes up as a one, and you happen to fail the whole roll, you have earned a bestial failure, which leads mm. to a compulsion. Compulsion examples in the book include needing to feed immediately, lashing out in uncontrollable violence, or behaving in a bad way that is particular to your clan. Hunger dice will punish you even if you succeed. If a hunger die comes up at 10 and there is at least one other 10 in the pool that you just threw, this is a messy critical, which leads to something materially bad like a stated advantage being degraded by a point or revealing oneself to humans and violating the masquerade. Oh, okay. Um... I, I like the I like the idea because um, I think there's also the Star Wars RPG that I've seen a little bit of uh, play from, um, where they also have dice that are failure dice that you can put in because of certain aspects. And I like the idea of balancing your good dice with bad dice and vice versa. You know, just to yeah. um, represent the it's not always going to be super easy all the time, you know? And instead of, you don't have to worry about a modifier as much, you just have to worry about the die, you know? I'm also curious, like, uh, how many uh, hunger points are removed by feeding? Is it one or all? Yeah, um, it might be, like, a certain, he might go into it, but it might be a certain, like, amount of blood that you get that removes all of it or you know certain quarts of it <laughs> i don't know or like higher quality mm, blood mm -hmm. will like satisfy more points yeah that would be neat as a normal kindred you start with seven out of ten humanity points and you can gain these through compassionate behavior or lose them by answering to the call of your inner beast humanity represents how close a vampire is to their human life to specific people who draw them to life, and to human concerns generally. The book goes into detail on what each of the 10 levels of humanity entail from a game mechanics perspective. 
Of the mechanics that I described so far, it doesn't seem that complicated, but the book does go on to describe more and more rules of the road for being a vampire. There's a lot of detail on blood potency, which mm. is how strong your vampiric powers are. It is very involved and is one of the few places in the book where the designers could not avoid a big table. Then there is blood resonance, where kindred actually pick up one of four kinds of mystic energies from their blood victim. These are necessary for advancing disciplines and can lead to discrasias or distinct powers all their own. Ooh. Then there are rules about what happened to you if you drink other vampires and ways to create blood bonds with others. Is it too much? This game is not crunchy, but there are a lot of rules related to blood consumption. Dude, okay, if, if there's one thing I want in a vampire game, that's a lot of things about blood. That's, like, the thing, right? <laughs> that if I would consider that, if nothing else, nigh required. Yeah, so, like, I'm glad they have all of this shit, because, like, I would have so- I have so many questions about blood, right? Because you think about it, and it's like, um, uh, if I drink from a rat, it's not gonna be the same thing as if I drink from the upper echelon, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's gotta be something there. <laughs> Maximum non-harmful drink from human time one scene. Ooh. Oh, oh, hunger slaked two. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh. Oh, wow. human human drained and killed. Hunger five. slaked five time five turns. Only way to reach hunger zero. So you'll always have at least one blood point, unless if you're unless killing you a human kill somebody. Every day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Neat. And then that's pretty much like you have to wake up and kill them in order to gain the full benefits for that night. Right, yeah. There are nine core attributes divided into three categories of physical, social, and mental. You get to distribute 22 dots amongst these attributes after a fashion. Then there are 27 skill categories with any kind of fill-in-the-blank subspecialty you can think of. At the start, you get 24 dots to distribute amongst these skills with some restrictions. Disciplines like are categories of supernatural yeah. vampiric powers, of which there are 12. They all have different costs, and each are... Okay, yeah, I want to look at these, actually. So, yeah. animalism, you communicate and control of vertebrate animals. Has to be vertebrate. <laughs> I like and, I like it. <laughs> and there is also, I saw... Um, earlier when it was like drinking from an animal gave mm. i think it was a bonus to that oh yeah okay that makes sense um aspects mental awareness surroundings the truth and others thoughts so you're uh more empathic i guess yeah, intuitive um, intuitive as well yeah uh celerity enhanced speed and agility dominate manipulation and control of humanoid minds fortitude physical and mental resistance and defense obfuscate that's the one illusions of invisibility and disguise potence enhances feats of brute strength offense uh, presence direct manipulation of others emotions protein shape-shifting oh dude Blood sorcery. Vampire. Oh, dude, you don't. Oh, I want to. Uh, blood sorcery, manipulation of blood for offensive purposes, rituals. Twenty-seven listed. Wide variety of effects. Witchcraft-like requirements and thin blood alchemy. Variety of effects. Blood alchemical process required. Dude, dude there's. Like there's a lot of options there for how you want to play a character. I know, and that makes me so excited. 
Cause, oh. dude, I okay. I was. I, I was want. Talking. I want celerity and protein. I uh, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a couple rituals and some thin blood alchemy. Like, obviously, it's it's hard. It's hard to get it all because um, experience is one of those things that gives you those dots. I assume or whatever are the points to get those dots, and it costs more and more for each. So you you could get them all. It's just that you know some might be not as good as others. Um, but man, uh, like I, I was, I, talk- I, was talking- I, oh. I literally, I desire only mm-hmm. to be a trash vampire with an army of raccoons. I, oh this my is, God. This is all I want. In I, life. I love this idea in your unde- <laughs> un life, excuse you. <laughs> um, like screw bats, man. Like they don't have opposable thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> dude like oh man that's so fucking cool i'm so uh, ah. i want to play vampire so bad (laughs) sorted into five levels of power so for example protean is the discipline of shape-shifting yes and is initially available to members of the okay no this is important (laughs) eyes of the beast you get red eyes conferring night vision and intimidation Ooh, weight of the feather, immunity to fall damage. Oh my god. Changing an animal of similar size to one's humanoid form. Metamorphosis change into any an animal of any size. (laughs) Transform into mist. Vampire, raccoon, vampire. (laughs) (laughs) The unfettered heart insides become gooey, harder to get staked. Hell yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. I mean, mist, mist form is cool, especially if you're gonna like sneak under a door or oh, something. Oh hell yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Well, but like, I, w- I wonder if they still I, have the you need to be invited in or not thing. That'd be interesting. I I don't think so, cause like at the very least in the video game, you can go wherever you want. So long yeah, as you well, in in the game itself, you're going to public places. Uh no, there's some private apartments. There, there is. That's true. There are some private apartments that you can lock pick into. You're right, or any of that kind of stuff. So I don't know, honestly. Um, yeah, it might be, might not have that, which would be interesting. Um, kind of taking that that bit of vampire lore away. So okay, so it does beg the question though. Mm-hmm. Um apartment complexes right yes a lot of people live there a lot of people. so if, if you're a vampire right because mm-hmm. like all, all of the places in an apartment complex are technically part of the same building it is true yes so then if like a doorman or something buzzes you in mm-hmm. does that give you free reign on every single apartment that is a good question because like could one argue that each abode is somebody's yeah. personal is it, space. Yes, exactly. Is it based per domicile or per building? Or is it just per person? Like, does is it just the person's desire? If that is their place, yeah. is, is that some magical conveyance of, like, now I have to be invited in there? Whereas you could just be led into the main building, right? Yeah, but, like, if, if you buzz an apartment complex and it's yeah. like hey dude i forgot my key like, yeah, yeah. i'm apart- i'm apartment 23 i'm friends with so-and-so true yeah. and the doorman goes oh yeah sure and buzzes you in like gives you the key that, 
I would, I would, I would say that counts as an invitation if they oh, are yes. like letting you in. Oh, absolutely. And as yeah. such, like if if I initially was going to go attack, say Kramer, can I also attack <laughs> Jerry and Newman? <laughs> Maybe I. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Dr- just drain an apartment dry, right? Like, could you? You, oh man, I hope there's actual rules for that in the actual book because I would love to see how if that's even mentioned, right? Because it could get would, super complicated. I would also hope that there are uh, uh, rules for like abducting people. Because okay. like if if you if you're waking up, then that's a hunger point. And I don't know about you, but uh, it would seem to me that we're going to be spending most of the time if you're playing Vampire the Masquerade at night. Yes. Which means every single day you wake up, you're taking another point of damage, which then makes that night mathematically worse. So the best way to counteract that is wake up and immediately feed. As such, can you like go there like? eat Kramer and then abduct Jerry and bring him back to your place <laughs> and then wake up, eat Jerry and then go about your business. Um, so I feel it. I, I don't know. Um, they, that seems to be what the presence skill would probably do. Oh, uh, dominate dominate allows you to, to, or the, or that whole tree, I suppose is like for actually manipulating people to be with you in a way. Um, yeah. So, like, excuse me while I just have you bound up real quick. Right. Uh, I hope this lasts another like ten hours while I sleep. Right. Exactly. I mean, so the thing is, though, if you give, if you, and you're talking about draining somebody dry, right? Killing them, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you do that too much, though, you lose your humanity to a point where you become bestial. That's the thing. That's- yeah, that's true. Yeah, you become the the bat the creature thing instead of being a regular vampire. Yeah, yeah, you're more of a vargeist at that point. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. Though, I mean, it's pretty cool, but I, I just I just need one point. Like, I'll like once a week. I'll like donate some money to the kitties or something. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. It's, sponsor some kid in africa yeah it definitely it definitely has to like i would like to see the how you gain humanity if it's too vague because if it's too vague then i'd be like well you could abuse it if you're uh who whatever the the dungeon master is called your game master like if he doesn't pay attention he might go yeah yeah, yeah you're fine but <laughs> if you're just doing that and it becomes so routine that it's no longer like affecting you as a person i wouldn't say that it yeah. gives you humanity right yeah well i would also say that uh the loss of each point of humanity and like granted we're already going off of the rules and like making like new house rules but yep. <laughs> um much like how in call of cthulhu yes um you can like you can see like say a ghoul and you'll be terrified and you'll lose sanity of it right but if you see that ghoul again you won't be like as affected uh as poorly by it because you've already seen it you've sort of like crossed that barrier yes like you can lose three or four points to killing people on occasion but so long as you're not like killing someone every single night then like eh 
It's like, I kill a person once a month. I mean, for... that's the thing, though. Uh, well, yeah, if you if you do it very sparingly, you, you'll just lose one every time you do it, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's how true. it is. And, like, um, it, it's, it's to keep you from doing that because you'll just continue to spiral down into um, losing it. So, I don't know. I, I imagine the way that it is, it's fine. And I imagine the way that we would play it, it wouldn't, we wouldn't violate that too much, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I do know one of the things that gives you a humanity point, at least in the video game, is right. there's a thrall who uh, got, like, injured real bad. Yes. And yep. you go and you steal some morphine for yep. him. And it's like, he would absolutely live with or without the morphine. You're just choosing to take a bit of compassion on him. Yes. Yeah, it's the act of the compassion that's what's important there. Um, so, like, that's not a huge threshold. Like, yeah. break, breaking into a hospital and stealing morphine for a regular person, yeah, that's a pretty big act. But, like, yep. for a vampire, that's much more easily manageable. And as such, I would say getting humanity points probably is not that hard. Uh, granted, of course, your mileage may vary DM to DM. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to read into it more and just see because for the actual system, but for for the game, at least, it was like that. And so I can understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Clan Gangrel. It contains the following powers. The earlier powers in any of these disciplines typically don't have a cost, but the more powerful ones require harder skill checks and one or more rouse checks, or high-low dice throws to see if you pick up a hunger point or not. Mm. The game's authors try to go full throttle on both sides of the spectrum here. On one hand, as we've seen, they've provided a full-fledged dice-rolling RPG with dozens of dice-modifying rules, but on the other hand, they stress over and over how much the story at the table matters more. There are many sure. fiction-first features, including the fact that it's not a game master who leads a session, it's a storyteller. Oh. And it's not a non-player character, but a storyteller player character. Oh, okay. All right. Um, we're, we're getting a little... <laughs> I get I get it. We're, we're, we're starting to reach the point where we're calling sauerkraut liberty cabbage. <laughs> exactly. Like, I get it, I get what you're saying, like, I, I understand, and that's the, I'm just gonna call you a player. <laughs> just, yeah, dude. I'm just gonna call you a player, you can call me either a storyteller or a game master or a DM, I don't care at this point, you know? It's all the yeah, same. It, it's sort of like how GM is the the accepted general term, yes. whereas DM is specifically for D&D. Yeah. But it's like, like, dude, Pathfinder, Fate, like, mm-hmm. I don't care, You're you're the DM. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, <laughs> I, we can build a story and stuff without you calling me storyteller. Storyteller, yeah. <laughs> can I do oh. this? <laughs> oh, in Call of Cthulhu, we are investigators. <laughs> and then, oh, what? What's the DM called in a that? A keeper. A keeper. Like the oh, the, the yeah, the keeper. Right. Ugh. That one's, I, I think, it's the fine. worst. I know, I think that one's fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm more for... I don't know. They, they keep the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. It is, it's all, it's all kind of, yeah. There's no need to romanticize it. With, with Game Master, I'm fine, because it makes sense for every game. You're literally the master of it. With Dungeon Master, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're the... 
you're the creator of the dungeon, I guess. That's why it's even that itself. That's why I just don't call people dungeon masters usually. I'll mm. try to just go DM. Cause it's just like, eh, I haven't played things with a dungeon for a long while, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, mm. I don't know. Many features in the background aspects of the character that have little or no mechanical. Oh, okay, hold on. Touchstone. You're surviving human spouse. Cool, cool. Human child. Or descendant of a family line. That'd be cool. Ooh. Human who looks exactly like someone you loved in life. All right, we've got Strahd's plot hook in there. Of course, dude. There's always going to be. It was Strahd's. There's always. It was... looks identical. Yeah. It was um Fuck. Dracula's yeah, and yeah. the Netflix fucking thing. Uh no, he, he no, he was just angry cuz they killed his wife. Just in general. Oh, no, not that Dracula Netflix thing. I'm talking oh. the one. Yeah, I'm not talking Castlevania. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, uh, there was a lot. There is a live action one with a woman who was the descendant of some nun, um, uh, who looked like exactly like her great great grandmother and inherited her spirit. Oh my God! Wait, are you talking about a uh, Dracula Untold? Maybe there is a where <sighs> where they they fight him as an army by blindfolding themselves. What? No. Okay. Oh, we need to watch that, dude. It's oh, so bad. Yeah, we oh, do. it's so fucking bad. Oh, oh my, my god. god. That sounds... <laughs> oh, that's one of the things. Oh, it's part of the the Dooku, what? dude. It's part of the 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 dark universe cinematic universe thing. Oh, oh my god. Oh. That sounds wonderfully oh. bad. Oh, <laughs> we're doing a movie night at some point, dude. I swear yeah, to we god. Are. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. We um, need to get Boo and Brogan in this too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like I was shown. I was shown it by um my ex, and she was like, "I like this movie." I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, and I like it too. Sister. I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, seriously, it's fucking. Oh, it's so dumb. Oh, oh my god, Dracula Untold. You said it was called. Yeah, Dracula Untold. Mhm. Mhm. Oh. Oh, people! Oh, if you're out there and you've watched this movie and you know, oh my God, you know! <laughs> oh, I've seen clips of this, dude. <laughs> turning into a bunch of yeah, bats that yeah, like yeah, yeah, hit yeah, a yeah. bunch of people away, and I'm like, what the fuck is bats? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Oh <laughs> <Dude>. uh, yeah. <laughs> such a good, Ooh. such a. Oh, such a <laughs> fucking... Oh, it's a romp. Let me tell you that much. It's a romp. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, I need to see this. Are you looking at clips of it? Uh, I'm looking at, like, Google images. Mm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. legend is born. It's... Mm, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. So, um... That's, that's vampire hellfire engines. <laughs> Vampires. Um. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this yeah, touchstone. Let's keep going here. No, no, no. Hold on. No. Okay. I'm, all right. I, I need to please. I, I need to send you this. Okay. Please. Uh, send it to me. Put it here in the call. There you go. Oh Dude, yeah. Literally look. 
those literally look like warp fire throwers from Warhammer yeah, 2. Yeah, it's, um, oh god, why, oh, what was this? Fuck me. Wait, this is concept art. I don't even remember if this was in the fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Yeah, I, um, it's been, it's been a few months, dude. I don't remember. <laughs> Quite a few months since I watched it. Anyway. <laughs> I need to find the name of uh, the story about like the 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 woman who inherited like her great grandmother's spirit or something. Yeah, please. That sounds really strange. There's a lot of I. So I was I was complaining about this to another group of friends of like I want to play a vampire game and I what I really want to do is play Bloodlines two because um, I'm excited for that because it'll it'll be hopefully the vampire game that I want um, because I liked Bloodlines one. Uh, but, and I never finished Bloodlines 1, which I'm trying to go through again. Um, but, like, there aren't many good vampire games, or, you know, <laughs> things like it. that. Um, and it's, the media... Mm, go on. The, the media for vampires <laughs> is lacking, I would say. Uh, well, uh, mm, I wouldn't say lacking. I guess it's... In more recent times, it's been lacking because, like, some of the older stuff with, like, Christopher Lee, like, as Dracula and shit, um, or, yeah, I think he was Dracula, um, like, there was a lot of fun, like, uh, Dracula things that were, uh, I think Peter Cushing was, like, Van Helsing as well, um, was this? Uh, it's Collider! Called- oh, no! It is just called Dracula. Okay. It is yet another gift that 2020 has given us. No way. As it premiered on January 1st, and it's a three-part series that aired oh. on January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Oh, no. It was co-created by Stephen Moffat? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. I will say, having watched it, episode one is good. Episode two is pretty decent not the best but like (laughs) all right Uh and uh episode three boy that goes downhill (laughs) oh (laughs) would you you like to know how it ends yes please if you are uh at all do if you want any of this not to be spoiled please take a five minute break there yeah 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 please Oh, dude, it'll be it'll be like a thirty second break. Okay, but, uh, but still, yeah. Uh, so, uh, spoilers following. Dracula kills himself by drinking a cancer patient's blood. What? It's poison to him, and the 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 descendant of the nun he always wanted to kill and eat and who he successfully did kill and eat oh. uh has cancer and uh dracula finds out he's not like weak to the sun or anything like that he just always thought he was what? and that the real thing that kills him is that he drinks cancer person's blood <laughs> why I don't know. Welcome oh. back, everyone. Oh my god! <laughs> I l- I love the. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> oh jeez. <I> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to watch oh. it. Oh, oh it's, god. It's- 
also like episode one is mm-hmm. set in like the 1400s okay sure episode two is also set in like like i think like 10 years later oh okay. and then episode three takes place in like 2010 <laughs> what a jump i mean you can do that if you do it right but <laughs> okay for the first like 10 minutes it's pretty good and then you go "Eh." (laughs) and then you go "Eh." (laughs) and then and then concern starts to rise okay all right yeah and then it reaches a critical point where you just (laughs) no longer care (laughs) that's great i watched i watched all three episodes in one sitting how how long are each of the episodes uh, hour and a half. Uh, oh, then, no. like, the final one is, like, I think two hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I started it at, like, 7.30, and what? by the time I finished, it was, like, 5 a.m. <laughs> it enraptured you that much? <sighs> so, mm-hmm. for the first episode and a half, yes, because okay. it was really good. Fair, yeah. For the latter half... Because I wanted to see how it ended. I understand. <laughs> uh, for the third episode, because um, like the final five minutes of episode two are yeah. like in 2010, and okay. you're like, I understand how this, like how this jump happened. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and I'm curious to see how uh, like he adapts to modern society. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, um. Like the first like ten fifteen minutes of it are like pretty cool as mm-hmm. like uh he like traps someone in a fridge and like eats them and like they start mm. to turn into like a ghoul and like are slowly escaping out of the fridge while he's talking to the guy's wife. That's cool. Um and it's like, alright, alright, yeah, sure. Like see seeing people from the Middle Ages like being thrown into modern day technology has always been like for me something I've always found kind of intriguing. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, man at a, a time thought, thing. As a, yeah, as a thought experiment. Yeah. And seeing then as he becomes sort of like a pop star. Oh. Uh, um... <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to watch it now. That's that's a sentence. That's a statement there. Well, not really pop, but like okay. uh, a a person who was, I guess, a, a celebrity. I guess. Would yes. Be just yeah. The term. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I can see that at least with a PR team. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> do you do you see where this is going? <laughs> I don't want to. But I kind of do. Boy, boy, I didn't either. There, there, comes, <laughs> there comes a point where, like, you're like, I think I want to see how this goes, like, reaches a critical point with mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's I'm too tired to move from my chair. <laughs> Let's just see how this plays out because it is a moving pictures in front of me. <laughs> okay, and, the, yeah. and, the, and then it ends and you just kind of start screaming to yourself. <laughs> 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 so anyway <laughs> yeah give it a watch yeah if I, and wh- I might. while you're at it watch hangar 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't watch hangar 10 oh my god please please don't please don't watch that 
<laughs> anyway, let's let's end this one. <laughs> but are actually very important for a session if run in the spirit of the creator's original intent. One of my favorite of the softer details that players are asked to choose at the start are their coterie or small group that the gaming party belongs to. Blood cults, Cerberus, Champions, Commandos, Daywatch, Fang Gang. I love that. Hunting party, uh, Markali. Mar oh, captures humans with particular blood resonances for others. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Wait, which one is that one? Oh, that one's Fang Gang. Party. Oh no, Hunting Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just reading them all. Uh, Screams Nomads, the, guards, the Lords of City. Pol Polmeries, Polmeries. Uh, that I Polmeris. Yeah, I. Uh, uh Kestar, Kestar. Uh, Regency. I can't read the Sabiri. I don't know. Ve Watchmen. <laughs> This 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 went from very easy to read to less so. I I assume it's using like, um, oh god, what like the va vampires were, uh, a European thing, and so mm -hmm. I assume this is one of the like maybe Latin, supposed to be that, somewhat Latin. That's not any Latin I've ever. No, seen. No, no, I, I know. I'm just saying it. It's like some sort of Latin esque. That's I th yeah, I think it's like high gothic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like. Anyway, um, no, those are cool. I like this. This is neat. I think these are so intriguing because they bring together a party. Oh, okay, okay, hunting party. There you go. The uh, so cautery. I don't know. Caught. Uh, specializes in hunting and capturing humans with particular quali uh, qualities of the blood, with knowledge of and tastes for humors and residences spreading among thin blood cookers and Toreador gourmands alike. Uh, on uh, the make, often choose to become uh, on the prowl for others. Okay. Possible extras. Blood broker. Influence. Okay. All right. Neat. Be thematically right out of the gate and inform the storyteller on narrative direction, at least at the beginning of a campaign. Coderix. That's the word. Or chronicle. Of course, a group's coterie doesn't lock them. Coterie. Into a That's the actual word. <laughs> mode of behavior across an entire chronicle. There's not enough time in this video to cover the quarter of this book that deals with... I, okay, let me let me just stop you right there, man. Right, there's there plenty. is always time. There's plenty of time. You just have limited yourself to this. I understand. You need to fit that algorithm by not being 20 minutes, but you could take some time to do it. I don't... Does he have a video which is a how to run? Oh, probably. I don't know. Let me check. Um... Go to channel. Go to. Although you've mentioned that before, your pet peeve of people saying there's not enough time in this video. I have because there's. I mean, I'm yeah, not gonna stop. Dun I think it was Dungeon Dudes, wasn't it? Maybe I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Vampire storytelling. See if that brings up something. Nope. Okay. 
Uh, Not enough time in the world. Story, story. Nope. Okay. When I put just storytelling, it comes up with this video. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. So I guess you really just didn't have that much time. <laughs> Where did it go? He's got one for Age of Sigmar. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway. The tools for the storyteller. These sections include advanced game mechanics, such as extended tests. Yo, is that a, is that a vampire hunter with a grenade launcher I see? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so, actually. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it shoots out a grenade I... that splashes you with holy water. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I or blessed of, shrapnel, yeah. you know. I was thinking of the, uh, um, the acid rounds in, uh, for the grenade launchers in, like, classic Resident Evil, how mm. it always, like, splashed out, and mm -hmm. I was thinking of, like, holy water. Yep. Uh, al alternatively, like, holy oil, and then secondly, load up, like, an incendiary round. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. Oh, yo, yo, hold up. Double-barreled shotgun, okay. right? Yep. One, one barrel fires, like, holy oil. Right, Like, yes. a holy oil round. The other's a dragon fire. And the other is a dragon's breath round. Yeah, yeah, dragon's breath. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That mm. yes. Mm. <laughs> give him, give him a nice taste. <laughs> um, ah. <laughs> Alternative ways to run conflicts, setting information, and a lot of talk about how to run a whole vampire chronicle with different overarching themes. I do appreciate all of this additional information. You can tell from all of it that the authors take the franchise seriously. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at that post. Current year. Why would you say something so brave yet so controversial? <laughs> and want to welcome fledgling storytellers as warmly as possible with all of the advice that they could possibly need. Yeah, that's some sick art, though. So, oh, here yeah. are my thoughts. Cons. The book oscillates wildly between claiming to be fiction first, but also providing a tremendous amount of mechanical minutiae. I mean, you need both. You, so... And there's a thing such called, like, rule of cool. Like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can honestly you can be, pick and choose you what you need. You can be rules heavy and still be story first. Yeah, it's it's not like they're mutually exclusive, but okay. It's not exactly crunch, but there are countless little rules and rule exceptions listed. Even as the book at one point literally says that the number one rule is that there are no rules. Yeah, but ev you know what? That's yeah, a that, stupid that's rule. Okay. Literally, that's also <laughs> the foreword of every single like player's uh, yeah. handbook ever. Exactly. Like that's n that means nothing anymore. We all understand. Like, uh, well, okay. Sorry. Apparently, not all of us understand because some people really need it explained out to them um multiple times uh, it's unfortunate but it is it is true so i guess fair enough there but what i'll say is you don't need it to be explained every time because you can just go i like this i'm gonna use this i'm not gonna use this because i don't like it and then you go hey group i'm gonna use this and i'm not gonna use this because i don't like it are we cool with that and they go yeah or they go no and then you go okay and then you figure it out like <laughs> it's not uh <laughs> Hey, look at that. 
the Dungeon Master's Guide from 3.5. Final mm. note, the power of creating worlds, controlling the deities and dragons, and leading entire nations is in your hands. You are the master of the game, the rules, the setting, the action, and ultimately the fun. This is a great deal of power. You must use it wisely. This book shows you how. Okay, let's look at the Pathfinder 2e core rulebook, because I know I've already read out the foreword in... Um, uh, 5e multiple times yeah. on this podcast, and yep, people yep. don't need to hear that. But uh, let's see. Uh, the game master in charge of social contract, yada yada. Who cares about the social contract? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tools of play. It actually does... It could be just because I'm skimming, but I'm not actually seeing the whole, like, ignore the rules if you have to yet. I feel like it doesn't need to be stated. I don't, like... Yeah. I mean, it does say being the GM is a challenge requiring you to adjudicate the rules, narrate the story, yeah, and jump other responsibilities. I feel like um, that, that covers it. And as such, like, a natural part of adjudication is choosing to ignore the rules when you want to. <laughs> it's well. the responsibility of all the players, not just the GM, to make sure the table is fun and welcoming to all. There you go. Getting crawl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, eh. Anyway. Sorry, it's just me opening up this book is somewhat of an excuse to just look at the artwork That's one fine. more time. I I don't I don't uh I won't I won't dissuade that you're you're good. <laughs> Not dissuade. I, I don't know. Baggage. It's the franchise okay. has baggage, from the bad press over the years, the old broken promises, and the unavoidable edition wars waged by some fans. That's in everything. It's yeah, literally that's... in everything except for the failed MMO, I guess. Maybe I don't know. That might not be for everything. He has a failed MMO. I don't know if it's failed. I don't know. I haven't checked numbers. I assume it's it's not great, but um, yeah. No, I every every single one has baggage. It's all gonna have baggage. Like even when you make one now, it's gonna have some sort of baggage. I don't know. Fucking uh, Fate of Cthulhu has fucking baggage. It started yeah. with baggage. <laughs> like one would dare say that's all it is. Yeah, quite literally. Like, yeah, I don't. Uh, weird, God, dude. I I hope I get the chance to read through the rule book and like find them using the term like Terminator at one point because oh, they that would be funny. Taken out or something. That oh. would be so funny. Oh, I would kill for it. <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, weird con. Don't know about this. Uh, go on. Stories in this game can take on many different themes, but if you're playing by the rules of the game, there is always going to be a strong addiction element. Addiction? <laughs> Shocker! Okay, so let Imagine me tell you... Imagine my surprise. Let me tell you something about, about the real world. <laughs> And how, if you're going to have something that emulates it, and is set in the real world, but with some fantastical things, drugs exist! And also, humans, human, sorry, humans exist. You get addictive personalities to ever, or just addictive in nature for everything. I I don't think that they're talking about drugs, though. They're saying the fact that 
uh, if you struggle with addiction, that what can help is not thinking about your addiction. And then if you play a TTRPG where you play vampires that are literally compulsed to imbibe a certain substance. Oh. And uh, what's that smell? It's blood. It's blood. <laughs> um, then I, oh, fuck it, I don't. I you know what? Let's not. You know what? Pander, if, you're trying to, if, you're, okay? if you're trying to quit smoking, don't play Va- Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, no, that's yeah. stupid. That's fucking. I have a friend who played Vampire who is quitting smoking now, and I would, I could probably go ask him. Hey, man, if you were to play Vampire, would this affect your smoking <laughs> in any way? And he'd go, No. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, "Good, <laughs> I can separate myself from fiction." It's uh, it's uh, this kind of shit is so fucking like it just I, seems very like uh like condescending. That's why I said pandering. Yeah, it's it's just like I don't understand why you uh, people aren't gonna like this. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something controversial. I don't think everybody is as special a snowflake as they cry as like the people who cry about it. Like. I don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of people in in the world that are going to just be offended by the fact or have issue with the fact that this is a vampire game and they might encounter an addictive theme. The, the you, you might as well say a key element is um like um if you're if you're uh, from a religious background, sure. and all of a sudden now your character can't walk into churches, yep. then like, oh no, that might be bad for them. It's like, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Like any, like I could, you're literally going to be playing a vampire who violates people's privacy and drinks their blood and commits you murders. Stalk, like you literally stalk and kill people. Yes, there there is so much here that you could take issue with, and if you're you're not gonna if you're gonna take issue with the fact that it's an addiction first i don't understand what is <laughs> why is murder a key element not a problem <laughs> yeah exactly if you're gonna be this fucking weird about it then like i don't know i just hate hey it. you you had someone in your life who was murdered you probably shouldn't play vampire <laughs> exactly i don't like in in fairness sure if that is too much for you I understand, but what I'm saying is that for general pop, pretty sure most people are going to be fine with yeah, it more that so. Is, that is very much a a niche problem, yes. and I don't mean to say this in order to delegitimize a no. person's grief or like PTSD or whatever. Uh, however, it is very much a niche issue, and as such, it is not a publisher issue it is a you issue exactly so it is not the obligation of the publisher to make sure that they like call in and interview with you and check with you that Mm -hmm. there is nothing that could be problematic to you exactly it is what is uh i would guess you would say agreeable to the general populace exactly into to the general populace who we are all addicted to something or another be it sugar mm-hmm. or caffeine mm-hmm. or tv mm-hmm. or the best goddamn podcast about uh ttrpgs this side of the mississippi like <laughs> it comes in different forms it's true it's true in most other games really just the novelty mechanic or subplot 
but here you're going to deal with it almost constantly. Pros. Matured and polished game. You need to look no further than the character creation process in this game to see that it is the end result of decades of playtesting and refinement over multiple editions. Uh, okay. Uh, not to... Yes, that's good. But Jeez. also, what does that say? Very vague. That's so vague you can apply it to literally any edition of any TTRPG that has had multiple editions. I accept Fate. I said that's had multiple editions. Fate okay, hasn't yeah. had multiple editions. Um, so no, like, it, had, it, had, it had Fate Core. That is the edition. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't there... Everything uh, else is add-ons. No, I thought it was Fate Core, and then there is... The new one is just Fate. Uh, no. No, Fate Core no. is just... Is what it is. Yeah. I think. Um, let me... Uh, let me check. I will fact-check myself on that. Um... But regardless, the the point still stands of, like, it's this tells me nothing, unfortunately. I'm glad it's a pro for you, but I could say that this would apply to literally, as I said, any TTRPG with multiple editions. Um, you go, I'm go for I'm it. Getting... Yeah, Fate Core, 4th edition. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well then it still applies. <laughs> okay. If there's been four editions of it, then I guess so. Okay, well... Uh, uh, first yeah. edition was published in early 2003. The latest edition, fourth edition, was published successfully through crowdsourcing on Kickstarter in 2013. Ah, gotcha. I okay. knew, I knew there had been multiple editions. You did, and I'm glad you called me out on it then. Um, so, yeah, I could say that about Fate. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> realism in the mechanics being a vampire is a struggle and not all that romanticized at any point in the book some of the vampiric powers are a bit overpowered in my opinion such as the mind control powers but the constant threat of hunger keeps things pretty grounded and serious sure i guess until you reach like a late enough point in the game where you just have a freezer full of people yeah i mean at that point you, you're pretty pretty well set I mean... but <laughs> it's it's as plentiful do you want, or as do you want this one it's a vintage 1947 <laughs> or perhaps it's, as, it's newer it's as plentiful or as scarce as the the storyteller makes it right like sure i i guess um i don't know and like realism in the rules dude like there's a lot of editions of D&D that have all had some like rules to aid with realism and like I I agree that this being part of the core rule set makes it more realistic so yes there is more realism as as the game is um, whereas in something like D&D the realism kind of aspects are more variant rules and not and all optional yeah. um, so I guess yes. Good. Okay. Good. I'm glad you like it. Communities. There are countless communities online. Okay, dude. Every every fucking TTRPG has this. <laughs> I I don't know about you, but I've never looked up help for Call of Cthulhu and had someone answer "Get good." Yeah, I like. I if this is new to I, this is in 2020, dude. This if this is new to you right now, uh. Like, okay. 
this I was very much worried that the pros and cons would all be generalized paste of like uh here are bad thing, it's mm -hmm. spoopy. Here are <laughs> good thing, it fun. Uh <laughs> and I am somewhat relieved and saddened to see that it was that exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I I Man. no longer have the anxiety of will this be like saying nothing because i now know <laughs> it's unfortunate right because like and hey he might even call us unhelpful no 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 sir if you ask me a question i will help you as best i can dude i will i and, will like yeah i will go to google and like what i would even say is that i'm trying to be as helpful as i can right now this is nothing you're telling me absolutely nothing like you're so generalized that I I again I can't I can just put this on any other thing and be like yeah same thing what are you telling me I would oh dude you know what we could do is we could do reviews of different editions of like D and D and Pathfinder mm -hmm. and Fate and mm -hmm. like Call of Cthulhu mm -hmm. and our thoughts will just always be this at the end of every <laughs> single like edition. <laughs> Matured and polished overall. Uh, the rules do have some realism, some realism and, in them, uh, and which I enjoy. You know, yeah. When you look up D and D first edition, oh, uh, the people have been it's playing a... this game for over twenty years, and, uh, it's and it's very easy to find a wide variety of resources, and it's very helpful. <laughs> so I hope, I hope, if you ever see this, that you understand that this is ridiculous in the sense of. You're, you're telling us literally nothing about this. Like, I I understand that these are your pros and cons for you, and they mean something to you, and that's great. I I, I do enjoy the fact that he says, uh, like, and unfortunately he's, he mentions it in the part of the pros where it says realism and the rules, because mm -hmm. he did have a legitimate thought, which was, I think some of the abilities are a bit overpowered. I would love for him to and go into that. Could, yeah. Yeah. And you can extrapolate from there and say, these are some gameplay concerns with the mind control abilities. Seems to be and a that con. would be an excellent point in the cons. Seems to However, be you mentioned this in your bullet point <laughs> in your of pros. realism in realism and the rules. <laughs> you mentioned mind control. And I mm, like I know, I guess it's not the point of the video, and I would love it if you did make a video, one, about the storytelling thing, because I would love to know now what you think of it, uh, because you didn't please, have time, and you still don't, apparently. Yeah. Please <laughs> tell me about the to the storytelling in this role-playing game. <laughs> and also, if you could actually give me something that I can work with in the sense of the cons and the pros like specifically because everything you've told me is informational and i appreciate that so far in the before this section everything you've told me is uh informational yeah. and i appreciate it but this is just nothing and i can't get much from this other than i'm glad you like things and i'm sad you dislike things I understand with the YouTube algorithm, you have to be underneath 20 minutes. However, yeah. I know of three minutes of your video that you can cut out <laughs> and then still have 10 minutes to talk about the storytelling. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying if you want a bit of help, like, I have some thoughts I can give you if exactly. you want. Exactly. I just... <laughs> 
Oh, do you say anything else? For rules, support, and play. In my experience, they are almost always willing to embrace new players. And if you're looking mm. for players of your own to play online, you will very likely find some. <laughs> oh, so imagine, imagine, imagine my surprise. <laughs> you know, this if you go just, looking for this something, just in ETRPG community filled with players looking for groups. Let me let me tell you, if you go looking for something, you're more than likely to find it. <laughs> If you're looking for a group to play with, chances are you'll find one. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm clowning on you now, dude. But like, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. how can we not? He built us the circus. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> Vampire's Grade 5th Edition. I think the pros outweigh the cons on this one. By How? You've given us three of both. Oh. <laughs> It's one of your pros was actually a con. <laughs> it included a con. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, oh. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you something about what you've given me for your informational part, right? So from okay. your informational part, you've given me the information <laughs> without opinion. That was what you yeah. did, and I appreciated it. But now I don't know whether or not you like it or not. In certain well, respects. He says he clearly likes it, we I, just don't know why. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean. I, I'm glad you like the system. I think I will too. But, I don't know why you like the system, other than the community, the realism, and the mechanics, sorry, rules, mm. And, um, I forget. Oh, but don't first. forget the rules are also one of the cons. Right, there's also something in the rules that you don't like, so Is now it it's a little nebulous. <laughs> um, what was the first one that he said? I have already forgotten. I, I don't know. I don't dude. care. <laughs> but, like, you see, like, you've given me that, and, like, that's all I know now. Like, how do they outweigh the pros? How do the pros outweigh the cons when you've given me three of each and one had an additional con? <laughs> I don't understand. I, I'm glad <laughs> anyway, uh. I can't speak previous versions, but V5 is a remarkable RPG. Let me know what you think of this game. <laughs> it's so remarkable that you remarked on it three times. <laughs> With vague fucking reasons. <laughs> like, okay. Thank you for making the video, first off. Yeah. Dave. Uh, Thalmavor. The most of the video was very good, very informative, yes. enjoyable, made things easy to understand. Yes. My only criticism in the first portion of the video would have been I wish you would have gone a bit more in depth as yes. to what some of the abilities did. Exactly. Uh, because I feel like we've only scratched the surface of what you can do. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say that in general, your I have no time in this video is only ever true if you are like staring down the barrel of like a completely full hard drive um in which case that's kind of an like just on you but yeah it's on you um and storytelling is a huge portion of a role-playing game especially when you talk about how important the fiction is imagine um so when you say i'm 
there there's a lot of fiction in this game and also a lot of rules and then you talk about the rules uh -huh. and then none of the fiction in like storytelling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it kind of gives a bit of a skewed representation doesn't it yeah like i again i appreciate what you've given me yes. for the information but man you need to ex like i just yeah i more. now know more than i did before yes but it's uh, i would i would honestly say that it's kind of lacking still um it, it, all right it's okay so you are hungry you are starving to death on the street yes. and a man comes up to you with a burger cart and mm -hmm. pictured on the side of the burger cart is this amazing looking burger like lettuce to make lettuce tomato yep. bacon some pepper jack cheese or yep. some smoked gouda if yep. that is your fancy and you're like hell yeah and he says i said young man young man <laughs> put this burger in your hand mm -hmm. and it is a plain hamburger mm -hmm. that is well done between two pieces of sandwich bread Yep, and you're like, thank you. Well, th well, thank you. Yeah, first th off, first like, thank off. you. Absolutely. But what about that sign I see? <laughs> yeah, what? What? Why is this not what I see on and, the side of then, your burger? And right. then he goes, "Oh, well, uh, today's my day off, but I have no time to make that burger." Yeah, and you go, "What?" And he says, <laughs> "So here's some pros of the burger. It's a burger. Um, it's good. It, it's good." and uh it's got meat and you go okay and he's like and some of the cons of the burger are it's a burger and <laughs> and the meat's a bit overcooked and um it's okay and there's a huge community of people who like burgers <laughs> and you go what and then he says goodbye <laughs> And it's here I am so, with a burger in my lap and a lot of questions. So, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say though, the uh, the fact that he told you the con that the burger was a little well, uh, a little too too overcooked. That's too specific. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's too specific. But otherwise, hundred percent behind the, the analogy. <laughs> And yeah, you go, what? He says, overall, I think the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. So here's a burger. And you go, what? And then, like, he disappears. Yeah, exactly. I just... Oh, man. Uh, if there's another video that he has that is actually about the storytelling and stuff, please let me know because I, I didn't see it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it anyway. But um, like ha having eaten the burger, it's it's decent. Yeah, no, the the burger was okay. I was all right with it. It satisfied my hunger. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to die. That's pretty good. I'm confused, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me uh I can have <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my throat is going to die. <laughs> um okay. So, uh, there's a, there's another vampire video that I was looking at that might be better. Uh, I only watched like two minutes of it and it seemed to be more informational, at least now that I've seen this video. Um, but it doesn't have like lore. I don't think, I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while and it's very, very, it seems like a PowerPoint presentation. 
I guess is the best way to put it. Um, well, I'm less interested in lore and more interested in like the system, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like I, feel I like can that's a good... I can always find out the lore when I want to. Yes. But knowing on whether or not I will hate the system will inform whether or not I buy the edition. Exactly. So, uh, let us move on to um, the how to uh, how to RPG Vampire the Masquerade Five E. Um, oh, this excellent. is brought to us by Casual Heroics, who only has 139 subscribers, unfortunately. Um, but it seems like he, I, this was from a year ago, and it seems like he put a lot of effort into it, and it's got 10k views, so I don't know. Hark, and behold, I see a hot dog cart approaching. <laughs> no, no, you see another burger cart, but this, this burger cart, the person seems to be actively selling burgers. Oh, well, that remains to be seen. We shall see. That's I, why I said it seems to be. Um, we shall see. So here we go. Will, will he be all out of burgers by the time he reaches <laughs> me? Who knows? <laughs> he only has 10 minutes and 46 seconds before he runs out of hot dogs. <laughs> Hello and welcome to How to RPG, a video series about teaching the basic mechanics to various tabletop role-playing games. Today okay. we'll be going over Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. What is Vampire the Masquerade? Vampire the Masquerade is a pen and paper roleplay. Holy shit! I in the world wait now. No, sorry. the The background music uh, oh. sounds like the beginning to uh, "Blood Gang" by Young Scrolls, which would is like relevant, I guess. Oh. Um. Just it's it's sort it's sampled from Elder Scrolls, so it may be Elder Scrolls music the whole way through. But if we hit, if we hear snare in the background. Then it's Blood Gang. Okay. Which is a good song. Like, okay. you guys should all check out Young Scrolls on Bandcamp and YouTube. Okay. Darkness setting created by White Wolf Entertainment. It is a game where players play as a vampire hailing from one of the several vampiric clans in the world of darkness, mostly newer generations in the 21st yep. century. It is important to note that World of okay. Darkness is a mature setting where players will be dealing in mature themes such as violence, sexuality, and addiction. Now for those familiar with the lore prior to 5th edition, there has been several revisions to the lore so things aren't the same as they used to be. Something happened to where the masquerade was broken and the government covered it up. This has started up the second inquisition which practically wiped the Sabbat faction off the map. Now oh. governments around the okay. world are aware of the existence of vampires and actively hunt them down with the aid of the Vatican. Moving on. Oh, that's cool. interesting. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty neat. Yeah, like literal active government agents going after you with the Vatican. Uh, so yeah, sign me up. So now this makes sense as to like, wow, how do people not know about this? And the answer is some of them do, but it's yeah. a government cover up. Exactly. So hey, vampire clans. Before we get into the vampire clans, it is important to touch upon the two major factions that Vampire the Masquerade focuses on. The Camarilla, which focus on strict hierarchy and keeping... Okay, um, just... I gotta, I gotta cr criticize the video a little bit. Uh, I, I, it's... One, it looks like a PowerPoint presentation, which isn't inherently bad. But if you're going to do this, um, I would expect, as you bring up topics, for them to get on the screen... Because it just says vampiric clans. Alright, now he did just say 
just say the word Camarilla. No, I, no, he he's said a little bit about it. I might be a little faster. Um, so we'll see, I guess. But I would expect it to come on the screen when he's talking about it. You know, in editing, just to swoop that in. But I'm masquerade. While the anarchs are about freedom and to not live. Yeah, no, he the- he just hasn't put anything yeah. about them okay. at all. Okay, yeah. So boot of older generations they tend to skirt dangerously close to breaking the masquerade now going back to discussing the actual clans themselves vampires are stereotypical creatures the bloodlines and clans determine what kind of stereotypical traits are drawn out of the human once they become a kindred bruja are rebels gangrel are animalistic Um. vampires alcavian are insane madmen nosferatu are hideous and secretive vampires Toriador are beauty-obsessed. Tremere are blood wizards and witches. Ventru are charismatic leaders and tyrants. Caitiff are clanless vampires. And Thinbloods are the newest generations of vampires with weak blood. Okay. Um. Oh, he actually is doing this as a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, oh, okay. Fair enough. You didn't have a slide for the Camarilla and the Anarchs, I guess. Uh, so that's weird but okay all right i i see you could could have put it in the slide but all right <laughs> uh, uh, so i will give you points for good taste on music yeah yeah um although i'm pretty sure young scrolls just says ask me for permission and you can use whatever you want Uh-oh. but um um <laughs> um you got to have some visual presentation dude yeah my man like it's a big blank white screen for most of it, except for with, the small with words corner. up in a corner. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's not even centered. If it was centered, I'd be like, yeah, that's a little better. Because like I get it. Yeah, you have it on the left, and then you have the yeah. lists and stuff. I yeah, get the that. bullet points. Right, I get that. But then, but then there's no bullet points. Right. So I mean, <sighs> mm, mm, I, if this was a business meeting. I would dock points and probably not go with your proposition. <laughs> if this were like one of the power, the weekly PowerPoint presentations I have to do uh, in one of my classes, you've made me very uh, like a little bit closer to like quitting my job. <laughs> yeah, like I would, I would get failed on this. And granted, you know what? the The freedom of doing this as something that you want to do is you are not beholden to any rules it is true however there is a standard yeah (laughs) (laughs) like and i'm not gonna say that i could do better well okay i i I am don't worry i will say you could do better i i I will also agree i could probably do a better powerpoint presentation in fact if you didn't i would give you shit about it yes and as you should and i would be motivated to do better um then again, this is from a year ago, so I don't know if he's improved by now, if he's even made videos since then. No, he, he made a video three months ago, so we'll we'll see. Oh, it doesn't look... Um... Oh, no. I need to check now. Uh-oh. Uh, let's, let's see. Oh, no, he, he has not improved. Oh, he... Oh, no. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's just sad. Anyway outside outside the scope of what we're here for yes sorry it's just well yeah it is a part of the the videos that we look at so just had to comment now on to game mechanics 
Vampire the Masquerade uses the Storyteller system, much like other World of Darkness games. How this system works is you create a dice pool of 10-sided dice. The pool is created by using two separate skills that are related to the situation at hand to create this dice pool and you roll for it. In 5th edition, you need to be 6 or above in order to have success. 10s count as criticals and a pair of criticals counts as 4 successes automatically. Ability scores. The ability Yo, scores okay. in Vampire fit Whoa. under 3. It was a little, yeah, it was a little sudden a little there. Whiplash. But, well, yeah, I was just getting settled down, but all right. <laughs> Literally, yeah, you, you lulled me in. Like <laughs> I was, much, I was there. I was much like you. a wag you cow. You got me drunk, and you were playing like uh, some classical music and massaging me, and then boom, bolt to the head. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Regardless, I am glad you're going into ability scores because the other guy didn't really. The umbrellas: physical, social, and mental. The ability scores that are provided are strength, dexterity, stamina, charisma, manipulation, composure, intelligence, wits, and resolve. What do they each do? Every vampire okay. has vampiric abilities <laughs> unique to their Oof. character and clan. What do they each do? There are things such as disciplines, willpower, healing, and blood potents. To be fair, he might go into it later. Maybe. He's maybe it's another slide. Maybe gonna... maybe it's more de <laughs> detailed yeah, slide. What, what is it going to be? A uh, white slide with the word strength on it? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, would, I would expect that at this point. Yes! <laughs> Disciplines are the vampiric abilities or powers that the vampire Oh, I'm have. sorry. No, he's going into the, <laughs> the vampiric abilities. He's not going into the ability scores. He did say, okay. when he prefaced before, he did say that they fall under physical, mental, and I forget the third now. <laughs> uh, social. Thank you, social. Those but are... so did the last video. Did it? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah because, he because he showed the character sheet. Mm. And uh, there's uh, physical, uh, social, and mental. There you go. And okay. then he says they fall into the umbrellas of physical, social, and mental. You're right. Much like we did here. You're right, you're right. Um... And like, okay, how does charisma differ from manipulation? Yes, I would like uh, to know the minutiae. So I, or the it's strength, strength, dex, con, charisma. I guess persuasion is its own thing. Composure yeah. would be like bluff. Uh, no, intelli no, no. Intelligence, um, wisdom. Maybe it's. I, I don't know. Composure is literally like the ability to stay resolute in a situation that might break your composure. Right, like in the sense yeah. of. Yeah, like, someone accuses you of being a vampire, and go, instead no. of going wide-eyed and going, oh shit, you go, what, dude, that's ridiculous. That's fucking stupid, vampires like, don't like, exist. <laughs> like, I understand that, however, right. if... You're trying to um, equate it to a skill. Yes, if Sorry, I were to yes. make an analogous example in 5e, I would mm -hmm. make that, like, um, uh, or sorry, in 3.5, I'd make that a bluff check. I would put that under manipulation. Uh, I think manipulation is do something for me. Mm, maybe I don't know. It I again that's, just speculation. That's when, that's when you buzz the doorman to let you into Kramer's apartment. So then, aren't you bluffing your way in? Yeah, you're you're manipulating someone. You are yeah. bluffing. However, yeah. I'm saying in this bluff can be either uh obfuscating something and like trying to keep your cards hidden mm -hmm. versus trying to get someone to do something for you okay okay i see yeah i don't know hopefully he goes into it maybe
weapons are the Pyrrhic abilities or powers that the vampire can have. Each one is different, again, to each different character. Mm -hmm. How willpower works, you can use it to reroll up to three dice on any given test. Mm. Ooh. How vampires heal is you make a rousing check in order to heal a certain amount of damage to your character. We'll go into a little bit more specifics later on. Good. Okay. Blood potency is how powerful your character's abilities and power are. Right. Usually it is determined by their age and generation. Makes sense, yes. Now, what do the ability scores work? Ah, see? So for physical, you'll be using athletics, brawl, craft, drive, firearms, larceny, melee, stealth, and survival. Interesting. Wait. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because Dexter. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Sorry. So I always find it weird whenever drive is a check. Yeah, I, they're literally the only time I would ever see drive being used is if you're in a chase scene right yeah exactly like it that seems so very niche it, it really does and like i'm fine with it being so niche because not everybody's going to be the best driver in that situation yeah right? and like you want to have the character who is the getaway driver yeah exactly like in a in uh our shadow run campaign i had significant ranks in drive because mm. i was the guy who stayed in in the van mm -hmm. with the robots mm -hmm. and if anything like it went if shit went sideways like pile into the van and i'll get us out yeah however that was very much a and eh, drive seems to be a pretty stupid skill let me dump <laughs> in like 30 points into it let's let's go <laughs> a dexterity and brawl roll for attacking and such that's how this system works is you make the combination of one overarching skill and then the actual skills themselves and that's how you'll be doing what? your dice dice pools okay social works with animal kin etiquette insight intimidation leadership performance persuasion street wit and subterfuge mental works with academics awareness finance investigation medicine occult politics science and technology okay i just want to like just take a second to look at these a little bit because Having the social so? things, I just want to look at the skills for a second because I yeah. like. They all seem to make sense. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with all of them. Uh, where they are. I'm a bit confused as to why academics is different than science. Uh, well, you can. Mm, I guess I would say academics is more broad and like gen ed based, and then like science is more focused. Yes, but as a STEM major, okay. we all know that the only academics worthwhile are those in science and I engineering. I see. <laughs> well, like, I'm glad. But what even is a literature degree? Mm, mm, that's true. That's fair. You know what? <laughs> that's a thing. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know. I don't talk to those kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure they exist. I think they're actors paid by the university. Oh, <laughs> I want to get that job. <laughs> the disciplines, again, are what powers the vampire have. Each clan has their own set of powers that they can use. And What, what I will say is before, I wish he had put which uh, attributes were for which, just to make that incredibly clear, you know? Because they're, they're already... Um, 
divided into their groups. So if you had just a small <laughs> thing of, you know, strength, yeah. dex, all that kind of stuff right above it, that would be nice. But Yeah, I think it's one of those things where much like 7th C or um, uh, variant rules in 5e, mm-hmm. uh, you can choose to, uh, or no, Pathfinder has it, mm-hmm. where um, you can choose to roll something different for a roll. Oh, so okay. like you can do something with oh. a strength check, or you can roll the same roll as part of a a, a different physical attribute. Yeah. Um, okay. How if, your character tends to tackle problems. Yeah. If that's what um if that's what he was saying before, like when he was doing the first column, uh, if that's what he was trying to say, then that would be cool. Uh, I I don't know because the I other honestly, video has told me this one way or the other. Yeah, I'm I was pathfinder knowledge to this I, in hopes of finding something analogous. Yeah, but. actually, let me let me drag it back to that one section because I want to see if he even like if I if we can parse that from what he says. He he doesn't in survival. So you can make a dexterity and brawl roll for attacking and such. That's oh, okay, a dex and brawl. Is you make Okay, you can do a dex and brawl or a strength and brawl. Well, he didn't. He didn't say that though. Dirty and brawl, roll for attacking and such. That's how this system works. Is you make the combination of one overarching skill and then the actual skills themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yes. How it works. Okay. Yes. Then yes. Okay. Cool. And some work differently, such as the caitiffs or the thin bloods, due to their alternative means of powers and bloodlines. The following disciplines are Animalism, Auspects, Celerity, Dominate, Fortitude, Obfuscate, Potence, Presence, Protein, Blood Sorcery, Rituals, and Thin Blood Alchemy. Those last three are very unique to different stuff. Rituals are more drawn out. Rituals, Thin Blood Alchemy is more so towards actual alchemy rather than a power. Mm. And blood sorcery is that of the blood magicians and witches mentioned earlier. Right. Yeah. As I understand it, uh, 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 moving back, there we go. Um, it would seem blood sorcery is more the the Vahir, Vamir, that that one clan that is like all wizards and witches. Yes. Yeah. Um, who have access to probably some of the other disciplines, but blood sorcery is their main thing. Yeah, yeah. And I believe the other video said that they're, uh, it's more like offensively, like blood bending and stuff, yes. like cutting yourself and then summoning like a blood scythe. Exactly, yeah. Which um, is fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> r- r- rituals is like I do the chicken dance in right. a circle and like cast a hex on like some. Uh, someone in a building or right, like to yeah. open a door and then thin blood alchemy is like literally just alchemy. you know it, it's alchemy that normally wouldn't work for a human but right. you add a pinch of thrall blood or thin blood to it and like it works yeah exactly which is uh good that they have something because <laughs> <laughs> they're fucked otherwise. they're they are literally junkies and that's it that's Ooh. all they got <laughs> Blood alchemy is more so towards actual alchemy rather than a power, and blood sorcery is that of the blood magicians and witches mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Moving on to additional mechanics. Vampires are creatures that require to feed on blood. So <laughs> hunger plays wow. an important role in the story. In vampire, you have a meter to track how hungry your character is. The more hunger your character <laughs> has, the more hungry dice. <laughs> 
Come on, man. He's trying to tell you the basics, all right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just... The sentence caught me off guard. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, vampires feed on blood. <laughs> what a world! Somehow what? I went through my whole life without knowing that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You'll be using hunger dice replace other dice in your dice pools. So if you have one hunger, one dice in your one die in your pool will there be replaced go. by a hunger die. If you have two, it will be replaced by two. So on. So how to combat? Hunger is your predator styles, and that is how your character feeds. Ooh. So you can either gain blood by persuading or seducing your victim. <laughs> you can do it by, you can take your blood by force. You can <laughs> take your blood while they're sleeping. You can also feed on animals. It all depends on how your character. My raccoon crawls. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, um, I will be the Pied Piper of Trash Pandas. <laughs> yes, please. Um, I, I was going to say, um, uh, I'm glad now that I know that there are specific like uh, styles that you can use to actually harvest the blood. And it's not just like oh, yeah. uh, every... like. I feel like it's... Um, it's more a specialization for each vampire instead of like this is this is what everybody can do, you know. I feel like it, it's well, one of those things. I, I always figured there'd be a variety of ways in which you could feed, especially in uh, you know yeah. a RPG wherein apparently you consume blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. That like. You can absolutely... It's like making, like, a bite attack, and then you hold it for three rounds. Right. I, I'm. What I'm saying is, um, I assume, just the fact that each of them is a style, that if you use a certain style when you are more uh, experienced in another style, that it will give you less or more, depending, or right? Or it'll be harder to pull off. Exactly. That's 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 what I mean. It's more of a specialized thing in that regard, so that you can you can definitely try to do other things whenever, you know, you need it, but it's going to be harder for you. Yeah. At, at like, least that's what I gather. I, like, if you're someone who's used to uh, preying on people while they sleep, and yeah. then your hunger dice uh, get to be too much, yeah. and you go feral for a while, and you corner someone in a back alley there is like it's gonna be even rougher for you because you're desperate and yes. also like not good at what you are doing exactly i hope that i i honestly hope that that's how it is i don't know but that's what i'm gathering just for the fact that it's an additional mechanic excuse me style in fifth edition there is a difference now where you cannot get rid of your last point of hunger without killing a human being Oh, so that's in new order to, fifth. to kill a human yeah. being that will cause a stain on your humanity which gets you closer to the beast inside as they refer it to <laughs> the beast is the constant hunger that vampires have for blood it yum. and the less humanity they have the, the less human they are mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. a constant fight between their humanity and the beast inside of the vampire that always rages humanity is your 
well, your character's humanity. It is how they can mm. still maintain their own sanity and act and function like a normal person for the right. most part. Their beliefs is how they go about that. And it helps prevent stains or other such things that would harm your humanity and bring you closer to the beast. So, such things as survival of the fittest, that is a belief that your character will have to keep their humanity. So, if they okay. kill someone, they will be able to at least write off one stain off their humanity and take less stains that way. Okay, Damage that's cool. and death. Okay, yeah, so, so, depending on your belief, that governs how much humanity you're going to lose. Yeah. Right. That's or or that's... like going back to my thing earlier of like sponsoring children, but also yeah. like killing people is uh the the whole thing of I've done more good than I've caused harm. Exactly. Yeah. Which I I like that that's a part of the system, and I wish that the other guy had even mentioned that <laughs> because like that that's a whole thing, man. Like the be, being able to quote unquote rationalize it in a way. You know, so that it, it and it makes sense mechanically that way. I like that. I like that a lot. I don't know about you, Alejo, but mm -hmm. we've uh, we've watched two videos now from people in the Vampire the Masquerade uh, community, mm -hmm. and I would say the amount of helpfulness has been uh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's <laughs> there are not many videos that are actually detailing like things about it other than actual plays or ones that are an hour to 30 minutes okay and like i would be down to watch a 30 minute one but it would take us the rest of the evening <laughs> you know i mean we've watched uh 20 uh cumulatively a 24 minute video that we've then had to pause between switching from one video to another as well as uh it being rife with uh that is speculation true. corrections and criticisms that is true uh you are absolutely correct so really uh i'm full of shit so you know what so feel shame bad on shame on me uh -huh. yep. yep feel um, bad i feel i feel so bad i will i will put your nose mm -hmm. into the rug thank you um mm -hmm. ow ow Oh God! Mm -hmm. uh, yep, and then mm -hmm. that's enough. You All have right. learned your lesson. <laughs> Characters uh, in the vampire world have interesting ways of dying. When they sleep or un are unconscious, they are in a state of they are in state called topor. Topor is basically they appear dead to everything since they are vampires they have no bodily functions no heartbeat no nothing yeah so they appear dead that is their form of unconsciousness which is different from their actual death yeah superficial damage and aggravated damage are the two types of damage that you'll be dealing with superficial again like sub like sub fight. points right like some some kind of additional bullet point underneath each to no okay damage is damage that vampires are not weak to such as normal attacks as bludgeoning damage piercing of a knife bullets such things as that aggravated damage is actual attacks that can harm the vampire such as werewolf claws or armaments of the second inquisition that is what would actually bring your character to their death if i, I like that it's called the second inquisition by the way yeah that's, that's some good shit i love that the health tracker is full of superficial damage. Superficial, and a side note, superficial damage is usually recorded as a slash. And aggravated damage is considered 
a cross slash. So once superficial damage is full on the meter, you start taking aggravated damage. Right. So once that is full, your character is dead the moment they reach full aggravated damage. If it's full superficial damage, they are just in total. Before we move on to the next section, it's important to note. Okay, but what I would like to know is what happens when you have aggravated damage and then you take... Or sorry, you have superficial damage and then you take aggravated damage. I would assume that... Uh, th think of it as uh, gray health. So okay. you've got like a gauge of four superficial damage points mm -hmm. and let's say three aggravated damage points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If at any point in time you take three aggravated damage points, you're dead. Mm -hmm. However, you can be hit by seven superficial things. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, you can be, get hit by a car and take three points, and people are like, oh my god, are you okay? And you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be good. And then, like, an 18-wheeler hits you, and you're immediately down to, like, uh, you're immediately in torpor with, like, two aggravated damage, right. and then you wake up in the morgue because everyone's like, oh yeah, he has no heartbeat, yeah, he must dead. be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you wake up in the morgue, and you're like, I need to eat. Yeah, okay, fair. You get a critical on hunger dice. That counts as a messy critical, which is how your vampiric nature enacts during that. Also, man, like, the structure, you're now going back to hunger dice. Like, come on. I... So, you're jumping so, around. And... So, this is going to sound really weird and hyper specific. Okay. But, like, have you ever had a presentation you had to deliver before a class and you had flashcards in your hand about mm -hmm. what each slide was supposed to say, mm -hmm. but you didn't want to be the person who stands up there and reads off his flashcards? Mm -hmm. So you look around and you look at the audience and then you realize like two points later that you forgot to make a point and you don't want to be docked for not making that point. Mm -hmm. So you randomly go back mm -hmm. and say, oh, as a quick aside, this... Mm -hmm. Um, and that seems to be what's happening here. However, yes. the real benefit of not having like a face cam and the magical power of editing mm -hmm. is, uh, that doesn't have to be a concern. No, you're right. Uh, but also the magical power of editing. So anyway, skill roll. So such as an instance where you're trying to knock out the guard you go in to try to use a physical means to knock out the guard by smashing something on the back of their head, but you get a messy critical. So your vampiric nature takes over the body and you end up trying to bite them. So you sure. end up knocking them out that way. Okay. By sucking out their blood. Do, in, in which case, do you still refill hunger? Oh yeah, probably. I would say so. I would imagine so, at least. Um, I, why wouldn't you, right? I would hope so. Yeah. What happens after that situation, but the initial moment has already come and gone, so it may go in your favor to in one instance and against it in another way. And that's the addition of messy criticals. Now, combat. Combat in Vampire the Masquerade has... I will say this video has been more informative... In this it episode. has. Yeah, like this, I would say that this video is not aesthetically as good, 
Yeah, despite the complete lack of visual aid, it is yeah. still very informative. It is incredibly informative. So, the only thing it's, that I would it, tell... It's, the... it's harder to follow along. Yes. The the only thing that I would tell this guy is, you gotta work on your presentation. You, there, just, you gotta work on your presentation. There are man. these files we refer to as PNGs. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's, that's about it. Like, honestly, I'm... It, it feels like a proto basics for gamers or whatever it was that channel that we covered with it, Brogan. And like weirdly enough, to hold on, let me let me just check one of my slideshows on sure. Docs real quick. And, and I just want to hit the present button. Okay. Okay. And let me now check it on my Mac. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that this was done on Google Slides on a Mac. Oh. Let me just check this. Uh-huh. And hit present. Oh, no. It could have been Windows, too. Okay. But that press escape to enter full screen has the exact same font as Google Slides. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Hey, I mean, you know... Oh, no, by all means, I'm not criticizing yeah. him for not using, like, okay. actual PowerPoint or anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it is indicative of, like, I do not have PowerPoint, so I use Google Slides. I go on Google Slides, and I enter five bullet points, no <laughs> pictures. I mean, I, I don't have PowerPoint either. I have the open office version, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. But, so. like... This this is very much what I would call uh, a backwoods operation. Mm, okay, I see what you mean. Which like is fair and like does yeah. not delegitimize his content. No, I actually I think honestly that this is very like it is good for what it is. Um, overall, I, but I, I give it some do I dock some points from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. It's just the reason why I dock points for this being just straight up black and white yes. is Google Slides has like background slide things. slides with backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mm, that that is definitely a sticking point. Yeah. It like I I don't like looking at things that are just black on white, you know, because it hurts my eyes a bit. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know many different ways that you can do it but we'll just go over one way that is the most complicated so that way it'll be easier to go over the complicated one than the easier ones okay so how this one will start off is you roll initiative which is 1d10 plus wits and composure to determine the turn order just like your standard DD attack order sure okay yeah. so attacking and defending Attacking, you will be using your appropriate skills to do how your damage or attack is working. Right. And each success you have above your defender is how much damage you get after the first initial success. Okay. Okay. So, say you roll four successes to beat the defender who only has two successes. So, one success counts as the actual success. The other successes will add to the damage. The defender, if they are aware, they may be able to dodge the attack, so they would make a dodge roll to defend okay. against it. Supernatural creatures like vampires can do damage soaking, where they can roll a stamina pool equal to their stamina to reduce the damage that they are taking. 
That is how they'll be able to survive longer due to their unnatural ability. If there's anything that was missed or are there any questions, please leave them down in the comments. I'll right. do my best to get to it. I'll be leaving any helpful reference links down in the description. And that's about it I have for this video. So I'll see you all cool. next time. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Whoops. I didn't mean to restart it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, good. I, I want to see what he has for references and stuff then. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. Let's like. I uh, I very much give props for like if there's anything I miss, let me know and yeah, like no, I absolutely. will get you that info. Yeah. Uh. So in in the here, I'll even put it on the screen. He he has in here, uh, free basic rule set. Uh, link. Uh, Storytellers Vault, a place to find PDFs of all World of Darkness games and other storyteller based games. Dang. Might be uh that's you might be careful with that that might be a little uh well i hopefully it's a i don't know if it's a like a uh ripping site Ooh, that'd be bad um how to make a vampire and an in-depth video on vtm character creation that has been sitting on the recommended tab of this video for a while so it's about time i give it a share and there's other world of darkness content to enjoy su uh such as lore so channel, other channel. Uh, Sounds of Silence, a video series of the game by Roll For It. Uh, VTM Lore, here's some lore for idea and flavor purposes from the video game Bloodlines 2. Oh. Uh, quick reference sheet for character creation for a Google Drive link. Uh, how to be a great GM, a fantastic source to learn aspects and approaches to running games. <laughs> uh Sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I would like to thank Young Scrolls for allowing me to use his work for my videos. It's been yeah. I've been dying to use this Blood Gang song for a vampire theme, and the perfect time has come for it, so please yeah, check it out. It was a good choice. Yeah, so there you I'm, go. I'm, I'm frankly shocked that despite the fact that that is not one of the main songs of Young Scrolls that I listen to, yeah. <laughs> in like five seconds, I was like, holy shit, I know this song. Yeah. Uh... I'll have to probably include that link just to make sure that it doesn't cut the algorithm doesn't come after the video. Um, but yeah, no, that's honestly very, I think that's a good video overall. I think that the guy should keep doing what he's doing and that hopefully he, uh, he continues to make videos and improves his quality of content because unfortunately from what I saw from his three month ago video, he still does the same the same thing there but his oh his one before that though he did on tabletop sim so that's interesting um oh he also has a one shot that he did of fifth edition of vampire so that's cool oh and oh okay okay so so it seems to be sorry my brain so it seems to be he does a video um on the 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 rpg then he does a one shot then he does a video on the rpgs like basic stuff then he does a one shot then he does a you know so he accompanies it with some sort of uh reference. okay that yeah, is that is really cool format. i am i am subscribing with their channel there we go um that is very cool and i am super into it so please go check out casual heroics um give him a sub and tell him that he's doing good work because he's doing good work it's just that he needs to improve it a bit yeah. <laughs> it will, how long has he been making videos for? Uh, let's check that. He joined in 2019, January of 2019. 
okay, he's been doing this for a year. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and he's only made, uh, for his, like, how-to videos, he's got three of them. So, yeah. Uh... Boo should be joining soon, ideally. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Excuse me. Uh, oh, I got him. I got him. Okay. I can just do a ring. Ring, ring. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that. Vampire the Masquerade. Well, uh, let's let's take an intermission here while we get him into the call. How about that? Uh, and we will be we'll be right back. Yo, this is Great on ninety five, and you're listening to Table Talk Discussion and Discourse. Welcome back. Uh, so Hello. yes, except Lewis for that, right now. Ex- except I'm for here. that one person, you're yeah. not welcome. No, yes. no, I like that person. You- you know who you are. No, bring him yeah, back. Yeah, I know who it is. It's Jacob. Oof! Ouch! <laughs> oh no, Jacob's more than welcome here. I'm just fucking around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Boo! You missed out on vampire stuff. That was about. Yes. Um. Cool stuff. Seems neat. Mm. Um. Would like more details, and maybe we'll cover something else that's more detailed later on. Just uh, vampires in general. No, no, no. Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, Vampire the Masquerade. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, TLDR um, vampires uh, yes. spoopy, have clans. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Um, I, I know Vampire the Masquerade. Also, and, and the Masquerade. A, and according to one channel, they drink blood. <laughs> oh, really? Shut up. <laughs> he did his best, okay? Mm. <laughs> it was a year ago. <laughs> um, anyway, what, so. Back what a year ago back before vampires no, I, drinking blood know, was widespread knowledge i know it's yeah. not a, it's yeah um yeah. so mm-hmm. uh boo get in the watch together oh right that thing that thing yes that's exactly what i said <laughs> yep yep <laughs> i always forget somehow <laughs> oh oh did i die oh oh hello you you're here did okay i didn't die i thought i died <sighs> Because you mm. cut out for a second, and I was like, oh no. Oh. Anyway. It's, it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> It's happening? Oh my god. Okay, so, we are going to cover the next video, which is from uh, WASD20. Hey! Uh, it's Doubt Nate. It. You know, it's, it is. It's Nate. <laughs> um, oops. Oh, so it is. Yeah, <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, he is... Talking about scarier players, horror, and RPGs, because we're continuing with our spooky, scary theme. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what he has to say, because um, yeah. we looked at Sandy's thing a while back, and mm-hmm. he was talking about some good things about it, which I, uh, which we, we kind of, sort of, halfway yeah, agreed. Exactly. I was going to say I didn't agree with fully, but it was definitely uh, insightful. So hey Alejo, you know what you should do is you should find the um for the outro music for this episode. You should see about outro music? scary skeletons. Oh, I've never even put in outro music ever. <laughs> um, what? 
Yeah, no, I've um, never. Why? Why not? I, I, I don't know. We it's usually. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why haven't? What? what? Uh, How many episodes in are we? Thirty-four-five now. Thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm fucking with you. Remember, okay. it helps you look for outro music that one night. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> we kind of decided. That, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, and I was just kind of going along with it, but anyway. So, let us look at scarier players, horror, and RPGs. In last week's video, we talked about six D&D monsters to terrify your players. However, I am pretty confident I could scare your pants off with any monster in one of those books on the shelf back there. Yeah. Agreed. How about the uh, up here? Ooh. Okay, all of them except for that one. <laughs> what about these here uh, animal crackers? Hell yeah! Oh, oh, that would yeah no dude, dude that would be dude, absolutely yeah. could scare go back. I want to see the stats on him. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, if it shows the stats, animal. Uh no. Oh, okay, so it's not D and D. No, no. It, yeah, it, quirk. They have quirk stuff and something cookie else. Cookie crumbs that oh, do two points swim. of damage <laughs> to all characters in range. What? What is this? Wait, what is this system? Uh, the no, no thank you evil rule book. Okay. Animal. Okay. Stuff one coin per player plus a handful of cookie crumbs. Edible, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's really good. But no, you could. I would be fucking terrified of animated animal crackers trying to kill me. Yes. <laughs> that would be. That just goes without saying. Yeah. Crackers. Yeah, I can work with that. But seriously, okay, there is so much more to running a scary game or a horror game than picking a scary monster. Agreed. So. Let's talk. Nope, yeah. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. My name is Nate, and you are watching WASD20, a channel about tabletop RPGs and fantasy maps. Mm -hmm. Now, this video is sponsored by my good friends at Nerdarchy, who are currently taking pre-orders for their new book, Out of the Box Encounters. This is this is an old this is an old thing. I hope he doesn't. Nope, he goes. Their pledge manager. With all the Kickstarter from the book, you can also get to uh -huh. October in Philly. And they invited me with the okay. convention mm -hmm. next mm -hmm. October in Philly. And they oh. invited me, which I'm really excited oh about. Oh my god! And a whole bunch of other YouTubers. Yada yada yada. So check dude. Well, I mean, it it was relevant at the time. Yeah. Horror games. I also there think it's important to note that some people just don't enjoy horror, and it might need to be a little bit more of a traditional D&D game with a few horror elements or tropes mixed in. Sure. And that's totally fine. Maybe it's a Halloween thing where you just want to have yeah, a good time playing up. a light game with ghouls and vampires and a little bit of that. Or maybe it's a horror game with frequent comic relief. All of this is fine for people who aren't really into that heavy, dark tone. However, in this one, I will mainly Shaking be talking about how to build fear and how to scare even the most mm -hmm. stalwart players. We're going for a little spine tingle here. And this leads me to my first point for running a horror game. Get to know your group and communicate. Communicate okay. about the yeah. type of game you're mm -hmm. going for. You can kind of give like an elevator pitch. I think that's a good idea. You can tell your group it's a gritty zombie survival game or perhaps a spooky but zany haunted house exploration game or a Victorian era murder mystery dealing with the occult. You can definitely get so a little bit of Yeah, I was going to say. And like, I was also going to say like, this is for any kind of game to run. You usually yeah. talk to your players about it and stuff. Like, I, I, I agree. It's a good thing to put into your video about this so that you remind people about it. Sure. But... I would also say 
Uh, I would honestly say this is more of a, a number zero. Yes. Yeah, really. Do you mean to tell me that... Yes! Clear in communication, we get it! That <laughs> done I this like a billion times! That I can't use Alabaster, Jim, Space Hero, and Smuggler Vigilante Extraordinaire in my Victorian campaign setting? What? Why would no, you no, ever you have... not let that happen? Yeah, no, you can. But <laughs> what about his trusty blaster mm. and and his the thousand talk, mm. which can travel seventy one sarpex a second? Yeah, See, those, that, he left no, those at home. He left yeah, those he at left home. them at home. Yeah. Also, in the time travel, you came back naked. So, oh. it's Terminator time. Yeah, travel. it's Terminator and... time travel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess I also am bald. Yes. No. All right. Sorry. No, they they keep their hair. Yeah, no, they keep their yeah, hair. Yeah, just, well, the whole thing about the time travel is uh, anything non-living is not, like, brought back with you, but yeah. hair is not living. So, it's the not? hair should... Yeah, no, like, the, the colored hair that you have outside of your head, those are dead skin cells. Your roots are alive. Oh, okay. So he would slowly grow hair over the course of the movie. Gotcha. But, yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay, weird. Keep it to a pair for shorter. Now, some GMs might also prefer to give a rating like PG-13 or R as well, and that can really help. Uh, or you can mention a specific book or movie that matches the tone you're going for that your sure. players might know of. Some people might find one of these RPG consent checklists helpful. What the fuck? Okay. I... Oh god, one of these fucking things. Like, okay, I get it. If you have never talked to these people ever, then yes, that seems that's probably helpful. But I don't know. I feel like if you're talking to your friends, you you know what they're into and not you know into. what they're about. Just. Just put up a leaflet on the LFG board at your local gaming store. Yeah. Because if you if you literally have to hand out checklists, I'm assuming this is a place where paper communication is effective at communicating with strangers. Right. Um, yeah. And just say, my game will include this. Yes, exactly. And then people will come to it or they won't. Like, yeah. <sighs> extra caution with that and i'll put a link down in the video description to this one from monty cook but if you already know your group and have played together watched movies together etc you'll probably be okay without that oh my god before we before we fucking forget hey uh -huh. boo yeah at some point we want to do a movie night where we watch where we watch uh, dracula untold have oh you god. have you uh, ever seen it no oh it's fucking bad oh good oh, it's fucking bad oh it's it's yeah. not good it is not a good movie <laughs> okay where I'm... the hell did this come from we were talking about vampire uh-huh <laughs> and and we we literally talked so about dracula I, yeah i started saying that there was a series called uh dracula mm -hmm. which was on netflix uh -huh. And he's like, oh, are you talking about Dracula Untold? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, because part of, like, episode one of the series was some of the untold things about Dracula. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and then, like, he starts describing, like, an, an army that blindfolds itself to fight him. And I'm like, oh, oh no, that's, that, that's new. That's a thing. 
It's so what? Dumb. Why? Oh, it doesn't make any. It's because if they don't see him, they can't Blair fear him. That's oh. literally it. And it's so fucking dumb. I would be far more afraid of like an owl stabbing me in the back. But... I know. It's so stupid. Anyway, so okay, you're on board. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. At some point, we'll do that. One of these. <laughs> one, of, one of these nights when Brogan flakes on D and D again, we can. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. We yeah. Can watch it. True. Yeah. <laughs> Another option would just be to ask them, hey guys, I'm thinking of running a pretty dark horror game. Are there any phobias or triggers I should be made aware of? For so most that groups, I that's can target be them. Enough. Yeah. Right, now that mm. we've talked about the importance of clear communication when running a horror game, let's move on to the real heart of creating a frightening experience for your players. Please. First up, mystery, a strong sense of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Yes. H.P. Lovecraft the once said, emotion. the oldest and strongest emotion yeah, of mankind is fear. is fear. And the oldest fear and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. wow. So maintaining a strong sense of mystery takes patience and building slowly. Before. Hey, all right, come on. <laughs> yes. Every every single goddamn video yeah. that talks about how to spoop your players yeah it's always, always uses the exact same quote every game kickstarter uses it i'm so it's a good quote and it's i'm quote. sick of it it's like fucking uh, why so serious yeah i know oh, I, I get that i i get it i do <laughs> it just <laughs> It's I'm I'm not gonna fault it for being used. Why you know? Why do people have to use it such to the point where they they take something I love and they make me hate it? <laughs> and then see, every time I see it, reminds me how much I used to love it. See, I've I've only looked at like three different things this included that have said it to me and that I can remember off the top of my head. I've probably mm -hmm. seen it in more, but I just don't care enough to register that they do it every time. Because, like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a good quote, but I'm not going to let it ruin it, you know? But in the D&D game, you also <laughs> might want to pepper in some action to keep your players engaged. It really depends on your group's tolerance for that slow build. Exploring, role-playing, solving the mystery... That could be another thing to include in your elevator pitch, in fact. Uh, maybe you inform your players that this is going to be a low combat game, more about solving a mystery. Mm -hmm. So getting back to the unknown, rather than seeing things for what they are, you need to show the players little things that they can observe that are just a little bit off. The key here is be descriptive and use the senses. A metallic yep. smell mm -hmm. of blood in the air. They hear a distant creak of a floorboard or a banging on the wall. Mm -hmm. Use these things to build tension rather than just showing your players a frightening monster or scene. In general, that's going to be far less effective. Perhaps the players don't even know what the monster is, but even if they do, you can maintain some unknown. How powerful is this being really? Everyone seems really scared of them. What can they do? One of the best examples of this I ever experienced Strong was in the Provoker's Strata is a fantastic example of it. Mm. An entire village that lives in fear of him, and you don't even encounter him through most of the module. And hell, you can literally just go hang out with him. Or at least, did they take that out of Curse of Strahd? I don't remember. I don't know. Okay, cool. Because yeah. uh, when we did it for Expedition to Castle Ravenloft, um, well, one of the things is, yeah, the players can literally just go have dinner with him, which you guys did, um, I remember. Yep. And, yeah, and, and he's just like, hey guys. And he tries to, like, convince you that he's cool, <laughs> basically. Yeah. He's just like, hey, man, uh, 
So you're in my lands, and hey, there's like a werewolf problem. Could you like mm. fix that shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm the local lord here, and yeah. uh, would be real grateful if you adventurers would go take care of that. Yeah, but, uh, it's cool that you're here. Welcome. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So anyway. Leak Wrath, Session 6. I'll put a link right up at the top there. It was not a horror session at all, but my DM, Matt Click, did such a good job of instilling in us a sense of fear and dread upon the arrival of a new NPC. Good. It was our introduction to the villain of the campaign. He didn't really look that frightening. He was an elf of Haldrathine. He had purple eyes and a gruesome scar on his neck. So yeah, a little creepy. He arrived on a drake with a silent companion and wanted to talk peace. But there was such a palpable sense of dread at his arrival just because of how the other NPCs reacted. And also from what we had heard from other NPCs about these elves in previous sessions. Cool. So there was some buildup over time. He was really polite and almost warm at times. And still, we could tell his intentions were not right. There was so much tension, and my fear of this NPC led to, hands down, the toughest moral dilemma I've ever experienced in an RPG. It was all masterfully done. So build that tension. Use your other NPCs to reflect fear to your players and be subtle about it. Let the atmosphere feel heavy with slow but vivid descriptions. I wish there was more that I could comment on because, like, yeah, yeah, that's I, all pretty solid. So I far. agree I, with everything. I will say I did run an arc of my campaign that was more horror based, mm -hmm. uh, as well as a mini boss while they were traveling. Yeah, and uh, one of the tools that uh, I find uh, invaluable in my arsenal is uh i tend to be like um when i describe things i always make sure to describe things i do sort of a mental checklist of like describe the floor describe the walls mm -hmm. and then describe up above um if like they're outside like describe the dirt road uh the the, the smell of mm -hmm. the trail and the grass and then like the sky up above the trees what kind yep. of tr like birch cedar whatever yep. um and one of the things i do um is because i no matter uh what the tone of the arc is is i make sure to describe the environment whenever i start throwing in some horror aspects or like some boss that's like stalking them uh yeah. outside of their knowledge is i will throw in occasional little details that just are off mm -hmm. so um there will be there was a one arc it was the horror arc wherein i was bombarding my players with ill omens mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um including one of them had a dream of seeing a large uh like wolf up on a hill and the wolf howling mm -hmm. but the wolf doesn't like raise its head to howl uh it instead like lowered its head and then howled that way oh that's which, weird yeah which, which is a moment of death oh okay um having like a weird ticking of a bug called a death watch beetle oh. uh keeping the party up until like they found it and took care of it um and it was just because the the in itself is uh like very old and decrepit and like creaky and stuff like that so it it makes sense until like that's weird why is it always tapping in triplicate mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and like that's something notable yeah yeah why why is the name of the inn the shining opal and it's like because opal used to have uh this myth of uh if it was around it could trap souls oh um didn't know that like why are these people arguing about like this uh weird evergreen tree which has mysteriously died all of a sudden uh, and then, like over over time, you start realizing, oh, there's a bunch of like these weird circumstances that are occurring that aren't natural, right? Mm. Yeah. And then, like players start wondering, okay, like what what's going on? Like what's happening? Yeah, you get their brains going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get them imagining shit, and then they're yeah. like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, yeah. a, a forest that had been taken over by an edder cap with a bunch of spiders. They saw. <laughs> Mm. Of course, like regular spiders and like some larger spiders, right? Yeah, and then like weirdly enough, a ruby that was hung on a spider string, Ooh. and then and then they're like, "That's not natural." And of <laughs> course, like they fucking took the ruby and oh, I'm like, my "Add add the ruby to your character sheet, <laughs> I guess." But now the editor cap and everything nearby knows where you are. Yeah, right. Exactly. They're like just... three big spiders attack, and they keep on traveling, and it's like, <laughs> oh well, that was it. Just like three spiders for a ruby. Cool. And I'm like, well, no, because now the boss is fucking stalking you. Yeah, exactly. They'd occasionally, like, hear a footfall or, like, a twig snap. And then after a while, they're just like, eh, it's a forest. Twigs snap all the time. And I'm like, (laughs) sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That worked real well until the editor cap drops down, wraps a garrote around someone, and starts dragging them back the way they came away from the party. (laughs) Yep, yep, exactly. (laughs) Jesus. Let the grotesque and strange things slowly get more grotesque and strange over time. And in addition to building the tension, break it sometimes. There was a moment in the banquet hall with this newly introduced villain, Iskandar, where he started marveling about the cheese being served with one of the other players. I don't know for sure, but I think maybe Matt and Tim could probably sense that we needed a bit of comic relief. So there it was, a moment to talk about how delightfully mild and herby this strange cheese was, struggling Mm -hmm. to find just the right words to describe it before we got back to the gravity of the situation we were in. Another way to break the tension in a horror game is a cheap jump scare. They get a bad rap, but in a really slow build sort of horror game, they can be a great way to relieve the tension. A bat flies into the face of the cleric, and the fighter smashes it with his shield, and bloody nose ensues. And Okay, so... So, jump scares, yes, they can relieve tension by creating that moment of release. But I would argue a little bit that it's harder to do a jump scare in this kind of a game. Because, like, unless I literally physically jump at you, I don't think I can describe it in such a way that will make you just jump. And that might be on my end, right? Like, I don't know if somebody else could do it. They probably could. But, like, without, like, raising my voice for a second, you know, like, do it. Yeah. I don't... Without trying to startle them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I understand that that's the point, but I also don't think that that's entirely great. Just because I I personally don't like jump scares anyway. Yeah. Um, Just because they're cheap, in my opinion, because they're used so much. Um, Yeah. 
So, I, I don't know. In general, I prefer to use laughs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's easier to make somebody laugh than it is to make... Well, I say that. It's it's conceivably easier to make somebody laugh than it is to genuinely frighten someone for a second, yeah. I would say. Without resorting to slamming the table, raising your voice at a certain time, like all that kind of stuff that just makes somebody kind of angry at you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. That at least... It leads inexperienced DMs to be like, uh, and as you creep toward the closet and you hear the the thumping growing steadily more fervent from inside with mm -hmm. a, what starts off as like a becomes a like sure. a beating heartbeat and you open the door and a bat flies out like that makes it fall more flat yeah exactly yeah, yeah like, just like oh okay it's a oh bat. it's a bat right yeah because <laughs> yeah like i am mildly less tense right if if you I'm had so... said if you had said and uh uh zombie falls out then i would go oh, okay now i'm still kind of tense i guess because that's unexpected in a way and then and then you defeat the zombie and you go okay all right. We're safe for now. Yes, and that also and relieves you, the tension. You lull yourself into that nice, beautiful lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the and then, and then after that, like, then they're all standing around because they're like, "Whew! All right, we're safe." And then you start describing how the ceiling starts dripping a dark. Fluid. I, I was, I was just like yeah. saying, like, yeah, yeah. and then, and then... <laughs> something splatters on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and they look up, and then there's something else that's there, and it's the actual thing, and it goes after them. Yeah. It's, the it's the chandelier mimic. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Which then, that, then you've that got That has something. a charge attack as it drops itself from the yeah. ceiling. <laughs> yeah, you steal the uh, what are the the living uh, stalactite <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that, oh, that. A, a roper. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, the the one. No, that's just the stalagmite usually. Well, not really, but um, no, the, the, the yeah, the the one that um that is literally its only purpose is to fall down, and then it yeah stalactite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the monster, oh, 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 the oh, monster uh, is like a worm that impaler. looks like a stalactite. Yes, the impaler. It's an impaler. Yeah, and it's what, fucking useless it until afterwards. Huh? What is it from? D and D. Yeah, D &D. monster manual. Yep. Yeah, it's the juvenile form of a roper. Yes. Uh, oh, these boys! Yeah, 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 they are. They're completely useless after they fall. <laughs> but so you give that to the mimic just so that you can have that that little attack there, and then it goes into it. Yeah. Be neat. Some lappy, or maybe a lone goblin jumps out and startles the players in a tense moment, and quickly drops his sword and runs away in fear of the well-armed party. So that could build work a bit that better. tension yes, up and then be willing to break it at times. If that's you have a group worse. that just naturally kind of jokes around at the table, you probably don't even need to plan it. It's definitely just going to happen. And some groups are going to have a really hard time running a scary horror game just because of that. But it might be something you want to communicate with them that you do want to go for a more serious tone if you do. Now, what about coming up with a good plot for a scary session? Mm. I definitely recommend taking some inspiration from your favorite works of fiction and horror, mm -hmm. but don't make them too spot on. Twist mm -hmm. things and change yeah. the setting and the plot just enough that they won't be recognizable. 
Another really solid idea is to draw from an actual nightmare or recurring fear that you had as a child <laughs> or a true story of something. That's what I do because yeah. I have a lot of nightmares. Oh. <laughs> I, I have a lot of nightmares. Wow, okay. So, mm. and, and as such, a fair amount of the creatures that I've thrown at people in my campaign have been actual nightmare creatures of mine. Oh! So whenever I, so whenever I throw something weird and off the wall of this, like, weird shape-shifting, like, bear thing or yeah. something, yeah. That, like, literally the barbarian's like, is this another one of your fucked up nightmares? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Happened to you. You probably want to avoid real personal trauma as you want this to be a fun game with your friends, not something that hurts your mental health. Obviously, when we talk about inspiration, you it's also great to talk about... <laughs> mm. I was gonna... fun games with my friends do hurt my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Sometimes I come up with a cool boss encounter and then they jib it, and then I come yeah. up with another cool boss encounter, and then they jib that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Pre-written and other RPG books that can help you with this. Things like this book right here, Curse of Strahd, hey. which is set in Ravenloft, the original horror setting for D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. It's not a short campaign, but it's a really great book, and it's really trying to rekindle some of the magic of the original Ravenloft module. So definitely check out Curse of Strahd if you're going for a dark gothic horror theme. Another one I've got right back here. Whoop, knocking things over. This is Shadows Over Drift Chapel, Ooh. and uh, this one is such a cool book. This is 5th edition compatible. It's kind of Lovecraftian flavor, fantasy Ooh. horror with strange creatures, uh, flintlock rifles. It's set in the world of Gloam. Also, it's an adventure kit, so it's very customizable. It's not just kind of a linear adventure module. So definitely recommend you check out Shadows mm. Over Drift Chapel. Also, okay. a bit of art in here from yours truly, so that's kind of cool. Oh, shit, he has art in there for, that he made. Neat. Oh, cool. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That sounds I, sick as hell. I mean, yeah, fucking oh, promote so that. So that's the only reason why he's recommending it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, uh, he doesn't believe in the product at all. <laughs> mm, no, that, that work. That sounds that sounds super cool though. I, I would yeah. I much, actually really want to. Much like No Nat ones, mm, he is yes. a cheap shell. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course, if you really want to play a scary game, you might want to play a system that is made for mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yes. Such as something like Dread. Dread is a game that actually uses a Jenga tower, and uh, it's a pretty rules-like game. Really cool. Really evocative. Uh, definitely builds that tension as you get closer and closer to knocking the tower over. Neat. And it even comes with some scenarios in the book. So definitely check out Dread. I know that the RPG Fate also has a horror tool set book, so you can check that out. Uh, there's the World of Darkness games, of course. Hey, and yeah. of course we have Call of Cthulhu yeah. 7th edition. Always. This one is so incredibly well done. Chaosium really nailed it. And uh, they even have a free quick start rules that you can download. I'll put a link down below. It's got a scenario included called The Haunting. So, so anyway, Call of Cthulhu 7th edition has been incredibly well received and critically acclaimed. I actually haven't played it myself yet, but it is very near the top of my list for games I must play. I have played a bit of Tales from the Loop, and I also know about the newer game called Things from the Flood, and I think these systems work 
really well for horror games because they're about solving mysteries and the mechanics are a lot less focused on combat and more on exploration and problem solving, which I think really fits Ooh. well with horror. Okay, that sounds cool. This was half of the reason why I wanted to do this, because I wanted to first talk about Vampire and actually introduce that to people that might not know it, like Aiden. Oh! oh. Boo! Oh, he, his internet must have died. He's completely gone. Yep. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, what was it? Guess uh, I'm yeah. just sticking around for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's, it might not go that much longer, honestly. Um, but, uh, what was he going to say? Yeah, uh, so I wanted to use this as a opportunity to um, introduce people to something like Vampire that they might not have known of, like you, which I really honestly didn't expect. Um, and... Uh, then there's these things, things from the flood and tales of the, from the loop or of the loop or whatever. Like that's, that's cool. I want to, I want to look into this now because having more, give me more, just give me more to look at that. I want to play, you know? Um, and I hope other people also get inspired. For mm -hmm. game. There are tons more out there that are well suited to scary games. So definitely leave your suggestions down in the comments below. Now let's talk about the actual environment of your game space. You want to set the mood when you're running one of these games, so definitely plan on some lower lighting. Maybe turn yep. off your bright overhead lights and turn on some dim lamps. You if can that's even light a few possible. candles. And, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, um, I, the amount of environmental setting that I have done was using Sword Coast soundscapes. Like, that's what I did in order to have those audio, uh, needs it's met dude i all right so i've started listening to sword coast soundscapes hardcore over the past like month or so yeah uh simply because like when i am doing work i like to listen to things yeah yeah fair. and i like listening to a spooky castle or rain over the marshes mm. and now because of that a good portion of my YouTube recommended feed is Sword Coast Soundscapes and Guild of Ambiance. Nice. There you go. I'm like, not complaining. And uh, for me personally, I often use these LED light strips that I bought, and um, they're really great in games. They're very versatile. Uh, when my players communed with a spirit recently, I hit the lights and mm. turned on a dim blue behind mm. my DM screen. I think it worked pretty well. So these <laughs> things are cheap. They're flexible. You can change the color, the brightness. Uh, they just have a lot of different uses. So I definitely recommend getting some. Link down below. You could also get a fog machine. I've never actually done it myself before, but you can get them for like uh, 50 to 100 bucks, I think. <laughs> and uh, I, I just think it would be really cool. I've seen people do it before, and it kind of sends this mist covering the whole table. And if you do it right, or you just get it all in your face, and you go <laughs> every two seconds. But, you know, mm -hmm. your mileage may vary. When you combine it with some lights, you're definitely going to get a cool, spooky effect. In addition to lighting, think about sound effects. I recommend probably not getting too heavy on the music for a horror game, but I have found tons of ambient spooky sound mm -hmm. like YouTube videos with howling winds, crackling fires. Uh, there's lots of RPG soundboards as well, which are a little more official. Uh, they have a lot of that cool spooky stuff built in, things like 
Sirenscape, uh, Tabletop Audio, Battle Bards, to name just a few. There's a bunch of them. So there's a lot more we could say about running horror, but hopefully you found this helpful. Above all, I think that fear of the unknown is huge. I think that's the pillar of a good horror story. Don't show your players too much. Keep them guessing, and in the end, perhaps you even subvert their expectations a little bit. We all love a good twist. If you have any other good thoughts or suggestions for frightening your players, definitely leave those down in the comments below. I want to hear your ideas, and I want to thank my patrons so much. Okay, um, so he said there was more to say about it, but I honestly don't know what else could be said at this point, you know? Um, he seems to have covered I most everything. Um, I would just add as a general recommendation mm -hmm. uh, to DMs looking to um, uh, looking to establish more of a horror-esque theme. Mm. If you're in, like, say, a haunted mansion, um, a fantastic uh, thing to do is uh, ostensibly your prey, so to speak, if you're playing something like D&D, right. is ghosts, uh, which come in many different varieties. Mm -hmm. uh, I would recommend uh, hold on, let me get there is a book I got from Nord Games uh, Ultimate Bestiary, The Dreaded Accursed for 5e. Mm, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic resource. They have a whole different chapters for let me see here uh ghosts ghouls and ghasts liches lycanthropes mongrel folk mummies revenants shadows skeletons specters vampires whites will-o-wisps wraiths and zombies um giving each of them a bit more flavor um never underestimate the power of a good ambush Mm -hmm. um ostensibly if you're going to be traveling through like a haunted mansion which is populated with ghosts or a spider web draped forest uh covered with uh spiders and an edder cap or two um or like a hellish dreamscape populated by daedra Ooh, yeah. um these people know these people know their layers a lot better than you do. Oh, absolutely. And as such, like an ambush is a fantastic thing to use, especially if the party is rounding every corner going, is something going to be there? And then they see like a foot of something like receding past their vision <laughs> um and then they're like oh, okay there's things here like they know where we are um of course don't use an ambush for every single encounter God because no. then that gets stale yeah um but like i would say more ambushes than not mm -hmm. um i would I would actually say there's there's a an act uh not an act a art to it in a sense because yes. um there is some I would say that sometimes if you do that kind of like oh the foot uh they see the foot of the creature as it's uh running into the mists and you can't see it any further they might just like give chase or try to um use like i don't know magic missile in that sense to yeah. be like immediately i'm gonna try to hit it right um it mm. might not entirely you know uh work yes. out every time no, but know your players yeah in the in that case though you can obviously make it so that 
maybe that was the ploy of like if you know your players are going to do that that was the ploy that you gets them to start using stuff on that thing and then they get attacked from behind you know yeah um, exactly they they rush forward and then like fall into a trap or yeah. things spring out at them from the side yeah exactly like... um all right yeah i think uh i think that's going to be it cuz that's what i had for the docket today um yeah so unfortunately enjoy enjoy your spooky month yes ladies and gents please please i do. know i will we will we will be enjoying it and uh uh unfortunately boo was only here for like a few minutes but mm-hmm. uh yeah, says he's offline yeah he's obviously here in spirit so so uh thank you for watching thank you for listening uh appreciate it all of you who continue to follow and uh subscribe and all of the things um please continue to do so and get us out there so we can reach more people's ears and eyes um and all the links are in the description and hearts and all the links are in the description uh you can catch the podcast on fridays on our youtube channel first at 4 p.m eastern standard time and again at 12 p.m or around there eastern standard time uh on mondays and then uh we have doubles and dice on wednesdays when we have played it because we haven't had a couple of sessions uh for a while but we're gonna be getting back to that hopefully uh this week Aiming, so. aiming for this week. Yes, hopefully. Oh, um, by the way, how are the arms? Uh, they, I'm, I'm better now. Uh, it is, they're not as bad as they were. For those of you who don't know, I uh found out that I'm allergic to pokeweed, and it took uh over a week, and it's still taking time to heal my arms. So, yeah. I, I, I request a picture of your arms at their worst. Uh, I don't one. think I took a picture. I took a picture of my arms wrapped up in gauze. Uh, That'll suffice. Okay, cool. Uh, I looked kind of like a mummy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, that's that's it. So thank you again, and uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. 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 Goodb